Good morning. It is a uh, snowy Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. It's great news for me because it made the drive-in much more pleasant than if there had been a two-hour delay. I am permanently opposed to two-hour delays. <laughs> Bad news for your boy getting into work. But uh, like, the, I'm like looking outside. It's a little bit of snow. Like up by me, it's a little bit more, but I, it's not. There's a good bit up by me too. Nah, it's, it's the same thing. It's probably worse at my house. You think I'm so? In, yeah, I mean, in, when I'm I left, I, there was probably like three inches. Like yeah, honestly, yeah, that's not, that's not. That's, that's not. That's not a lot bad. of snow. That's bad. for No, here. it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, no, it's not. I mean, it's not 2010. Anything, anything below four inches is not really significant. Like we, we I are, wish that were true, but no, we we're just a lost society <laughs> that just gives up. We're a lost society with this much. Like we we just give up. That's what the answer is. Eh, let's just give up. There's a little bit of snow. There's nothing we can do about it. Everyone is capable of it. Every single person is capable of handling this. But we just don't try. We just say there's a small amount of snow. Every single we're person. Out. It's bad, man. It's bad. That's what's wrong with this country. We are really hopeless. Like I am. I get it. There's like five inches of snow on the ground, six inches of snow on the ground. All right, let's. I, plenty of us are still capable, but I get it. I understand. This, this is flurries. This is nothing. We just give up. We just give up. There, there's something. There is precipitation out of the sky. Okay. Well, we can't do anything today. I think it was much worse in the northern counties. Um. So the, it, the place where it's the worst is where I live, the Hereford zone, right? Okay. Like that's where it's the worst. And I'm telling you, there is no problem there. Like it's there's actual snow. It's not you know like there's no patches. Like I look to my left and I see a patch where there's not even snow on the ground. There's actual snow, but the roads are fine. Unless they it's just not gave I, up in northern Carroll County. It's not it was... icy. That's the big deal. The problem is when it's icy. When it's icy, you've got a real issue. Then don't do anything. Don't go to school. Don't do the, you know, like, then there's ice. You got a real problem on your hands. This ain't that. This is some snow. You send people out with plows. You push it aside. You're good. It's not coming down at a rate that, like, oh, God, well, if we miss it. No. You're fine. Everything's fine. I, you can say that I'm an old man now about this thing. And, again, I've said this before. If you're not capable of it, if you're the type of person that the, the sight of snow makes you panic then you should stay off the road stay off the road i i there are some things that people just aren't capable of some people pass out at like the 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 sight of blood I, i can't do anything about that like it shouldn't be that way but some people just do so like don't work a job that would require you to be around blood doesn't seem all that hard don't do something that will put yourself in those positions. And if you're the type of person that just the sight of snow sets on a panic attack. This isn't me making fun of you. This is me saying I acknowledge that those people exist. Don't go out today. Prepare for that. Talk to somebody in your life that doesn't have a panic attack at the sight of snow. Line things up. Address the problem head on. Be a problem solver. For the rest of us, this is weird. Like this is a weird one. It's a real weird bit. I'm like, 
it's just some snow. Like this is just a rainstorm, more or less. That's all this is. It's un I hate driving in the rain. Driving in the rain sucks. But we learn how to do it. Like, not, we're not, not everyone. We're not I, enough so that they don't close the schools when it rains. Nobody says, well, we have to shut down the state immediately. That's what this is. Some rain. It's unpleasant. I would rather it not be. I would like every day. I would like to live you in gotta, San Diego. You, well, you, like well I was going to say you should move to upstate New York. So like that way it. you can no, meet I, people I, that do know how to drive. In, right, but that's where, where, where you're getting six feet of snow. I don't want that. Nobody's rooting for that. I'm rooting for us to be I don't adults. Know what you want. For us to be adults. Accountability. It's a hell of a thought. It's unbelievable. Well, We're not you're capable asking, of You're it. asking for yeah, entirely for the world, too much. Yeah, because I'm asking for adults to act like adults. It's impossible. I'm giving up. Well, what did we try? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> we have already out of ideas. That's who we are as people, man. This is what we do. A little bit of snow. Sorry. And for some people, and you know who you are, it's just an excuse to be a child. You know who you are. We did the, an event a few Mondays ago. And all throughout the day, there was like a small amount of snow. And I kept hearing from people, did you guys cancel the event? No. Because you wanted us to. Because you wanted to be off the hook. You wanted to say, well, I tried. You know, it's just too much. No one had a problem. It's very easy for everybody to get out for our event. Couldn't have been easier. But you guys are children. And you want an excuse. You want it. Or... You want an excuse to drink. And when you see that there's snow in the forecast the next day, you want there to be no work, no school, no responsibilities because you want to you be Travis Kelsey. You want to fight for your right to party. That's what you want. I want because you want to be a child. And I'm not saying that makes you inherently evil because there's plenty of you that are like that. There's, it's not just you. There's lots of you that are like that. The last time I had this conversation, Rita looked at me and she was like, you're talking about me, aren't you? And I was like, well, I guess. You just went ahead and outed yourself. <laughs> we, all, we all got things to do. We got to make this ecosystem function. And just being the one that says, I feel like tapping out today. I'm good. I don't really feel like doing it. So I'm using this snow as an excuse. It, it breathes life into this problem. Now there's somebody else who says, well, if that guy's doing it, then I can do it too. And then we all end up being incapable of living when it snows. We, we're just, function is beyond us. Mrs. Clark can't function in normal situations, and she's capable of handling the snow. That should be a lesson to the rest of you. It's just some snow. It's not even bad. It's really not even bad in the places where it's bad. It's not. I'm telling you, that's where I am. I live there. And it looks wildly different than it looks anywhere else. Growing up, I always lost my mind whenever I was a, a kid. And they would, because uh, we had to get the um, school closings on the radio. Jeez. Mm, yeah. What, what a world. Yeah. There was no text. There was no nothing. We had to turn on uh, uh, Dave Durian in the morning show on WBAL <laughs> and pretend like we gave a rat's ass about the stock market. And they go through the. So the he read it like what every fifteen minutes or like. E yeah, something okay. like that. And then they pull in like the whoever was doing the news desk that day. They'd be like, "All right, you know, come on in here." And I, I wish you could, John Patty, whoever it was, and they do it together. And it was like it was it was kind of beautiful. It was part of the zeitgeist. Anne Arundel schools closed. Baltimore City schools two hours late. Baltimore County schools closed. And I'd like 
Yes! And then they'd say this. Hereford zone only. Like, what? The rest of the county, two hours late. So this is why you moved. What? This is why you moved no, to the Hereford. So my this wife, is long. Yeah, I'll pull the curtain back. Mrs. Clark decided that she wanted to live in this part of the county. And at the point where that decision was made, she and I were in a rocky patch in our relationship. Okay. This is going back quite a ways. I mean, like, this is going back well over a decade. Probably 15 years at this point, something like that. And she decided this is where she wanted to be in her life. And we were trying to repair things in our relationship, and she dropped the bomb on me. She was like, by the way, if this does work out between the two of us, funny thing, I've decided where I want to be. And I was like, oh, you have. And she said, I'm going to live in Moncton. Now, again, at the time in my life, Moncton could have been anywhere. You might as well tell us we're moving out to Frederick. From Frederick? It's Frederick's fine. Yeah. But it's going to be a hell of a commute. I mean, yeah, okay. I didn't know anything about Moncton. Who knows anything about Moncton? You look it up, the first thing you find is a place in Canada. I'm like, am I moving to Canada? Is that what's going on here? So I drive out, and I'm like, all right, it's not that bad. It's the first time. I'm like, yeah, I could live here. Because I didn't know. I had no idea that Moncton was in the throes of the Hereford zone. And the first time it snowed, I said, oh, I get it. I understand now. You finally understand why this was why a special, this part this, this of the a special county, group. Yeah, could not function when the rest of the county was functioning. But I think they've given that up. I think they're now making Baltimore County decisions based on what's going on in Moncton, which seems silly because today, it's here in Towson, it ain't that bad. And really, in Moncton, it ain't that bad either. It's worse than this, but it ain't that bad. We could go to school. That's when all the Southern County kids are appreciative and, of. And for the record, the kids should be going to school. <laughs> My kids, the moment they've got a snow day, Game over. Well, yeah. I mean, they're yeah. God, it's the best. Jumping on snow days are the best. Sucks. No, no, they're not. I still, I. You're a child. I mean, that's what's. I mistaken. mean, so you're a child. God. Hi. Good morning. It's Glenn Clark. Ready. I had to get that off my chest. If it's really snowing, I get it. I understand. This is not. It's better than talking. What the hell are we gonna talk? About? You know what they're trying to do on the national shows? They're trying to force something about Patrick Mahomes already being the goat. I mean, yeah, no. No. It's been pretty good. God, no, this is what happens when you're bored. When there's The good when, news is he's already 28. When, when so. there's no Lamar Jackson contract conversation to have, and you realize Thank like God. you don't know what you're pivoting to. That's that's really what's going on. I got They're not going to talk about baseball on those shows. They don't know. They have no idea. The, you, you think Stephen A. Smith knows who Corbin Burns is? <laughs> yeah, well. No. <laughs> he's heard the name. If he walked into Stop. the studio, would he... <laughs> Stop. You, you think that... Uh, I don't even know who the other... You think it's Max Kellerman or something? Yeah, just... Whoever. Max. You think Max Keller... Is, was he on one of those shows? Uh, he used to be. I know he, he used, used to be. First I don't know what happened to Max I don't know Kellerman. where Max is now. I don't know where he is. You think Joy Taylor has anything... Any knowledge of Bobby Witt Jr.? Yeah. No. Yeah, She's on. heard the name. She's a hard That's worker. That's the list. I'm not trying to knock Joy Taylor. They just don't talk about baseball. It's not their concern. They don't have something to pivot to. There's no big. What, what's the what would the big NBA talking point right now? Um, was uh, did Jalen Brunson foul Aaron yeah. Holiday? It would require you. And by the way, because it's the Knicks, they might yeah. they, they might dedicate an hour of that because it's the New York market and they think that's the only market that exists. 
but nobody actually cares outside of New York. No one outside of New York gives a rat's ass about that unless you bet on it. And that might be why Griffin is bringing it up. I don't know. I didn't bet on it. Okay. I bet on stupid Kansas. Ooh, they got hammered. I, well, so I teased, I teased Towson and Kansas. Towson Because Kansas was getting points, and I was like, ah, three and a half isn't quite enough, but they don't, they, Kansas never gets blown out. They, they proceeded. They got, they got throttled. Hammered. I mean, it just, was never a game. It was rock, chalk, and... Nick Timberlake had a good game. Uh, good for him. They scored matter. like 50 points, didn't, didn't they? <laughs> How could anybody have that good of a game? Well, Nick Timberlake did. Fine, but it wasn't good enough. Probably wishes he was still in Towson. Yeah, they were winners by a lot. They needed that. We'll talk about it with Patrick Stevens in a minute. Matt Swope's going to join us this morning, Maryland baseball coach. Uh, their season gets underway this weekend. Yes, baseball starts this week at the college level. So we'll preview the uh, Terps with Matt Swope, uh, County Sports Zone Radio with Wes Brown, all that coming up today. Speaking of County Sports Zone, today's show is brought to you by Toyota. Do you think you know high school basketball? Go to countysportszone.com where you can pick the winners and earn points to see where you stand on the leaderboard only at countysportszone.com, presented by your local Toyota dealers. Yeah, there's really just not a whole lot. This is, I, I, like, they've got to be panicked. Do you want to try to figure out where Max Kellerman is? His last tweet. I don't care that much about Max Kellerman. I Apparently he left ESPN or they parted ways or whatever in June of 2023. And that was his last he's just, tweet. He's just gone off the grid? I guess. Like yeah, living, well, because he hasn't been in Montana on a the, ranch or something. Since the end of Ju- Well, he, he tweeted once at the end of July about the Crawford-Spence uh, fight. Okay. He was always a boxing guy yeah. first. That was always and that, his. that was the last like, thing There he was tweeted. a time where I thought Max Kellerman, I don't, I've, I don't watch any of these shows, so I couldn't tell right. you what he's been doing for a long time. But years ago, I liked him on something that he was. He was on something on Fox Sports before. Oh yeah, was be- he with be- Shannon? No, no, no. You're thinking of. You're. I'm thinking of before you were. Oh, okay. You you, you will not remember this. It might have been before you were born. I mean, it was around the time you were born. Um, the, he was on a show because they tried to force him into one of these shows that was unwatchable back when Fox Sports was only distributed through other regional networks. And you could only watch Fox Sports content on like Comcast Sportsnet locally. There was no Fox Sports One. Um, he was on a show that was good. That was about his sort of encyclopedic knowledge of sports, and that was a good, entertaining show. But I can't remember what it was. Then they forced him into takes. They forced him into. Mm-hmm. I remember, and then then it was all down. You know, this newfound glory. So that was for IMAX. Yeah, I re- I feel like that was the first take show. That they forced him onto. I feel like there might have been one before that that he was a part of before before 2004. That was actually a, a good show that I liked, and I can't think of what it was it called. Says he was one of the he be, he was one of the architects of the original Around the Horn. Uh, yeah, but that would have been that was 04. Yeah, that would have been around the same time. There was I, he was not like the star of this show. Whatever I'm thinking of, he was like a a panelist or just a part of it. Ah, it's going to drive me crazy. King of Vegas. No. This no, was after. Yeah. Whatever. It's not worth it. I don't care that much. Neither does anyone else. He was in Creed, right? I think he was in Creed. I believe he was. Yeah. I believe you're right about that. I don't know why we are pretending. <laughs> this is what, by the way, in fairness, this is what's going on. Where's Max Kellerman? This might be what they do in the first hour of Stop My Take or whatever that's Stop My Take. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't know what these shows are. I don't. I just, they don't, I don't watch them. But I saw on Twitter yesterday. They were doing the, is Patrick Mahomes the GOAT bit? I'm like, how do you get any more than five seconds out of this conversation? Is Patrick Mahomes the GOAT? Not yet. Could be. Okay, now what do we talk about? Well, there's there's nothing else to say about it. It's the end of the conversation. 
There's no like follow up. Well, you know, he's he's had a hell of a start, right? Okay, that's it. <laughs> like there's nowhere else to go. I said the only compelling conversation that came out of the Super Bowl was the overtime thing. And the analytics folks continue to tell you that it is not strong one way or the other. It's just not. And I do think that's fascinating. And I think it'll be fascinating because, and as I said, the real conversation that we should be having is why the NFL is afraid to not just adapt that moving forward for football. And the answer back will be, well, it's unfair for a team to maybe play five quarters and have to turn around and play on Thursday night. And then win the game in regulation, Chief. Or maybe we, we talk about Thursday night football. I, I don't know what you want to yeah. do about this. Like, I mean, the like, idea that you manufacture fake football, other, you, like the results are fake because you're worried about the next game. Stop. Play a football game. That, what you got on Sunday, was a football game. It wasn't gimmicked. It wasn't a football game for 60 minutes and then something else. Now, somebody will tell me, well, don't you like the the over or the extra inning thing in baseball? I do. You know why? Because both teams get a chance. So if if they felt the need to make it like the college rules during the regular season, I'd still prefer that to what they do. No, nothing is acceptable for determining a game where both teams don't see the ball. And spare me the, well, defense is part of the game too. Not not the way the NFL has drawn up the rules, and you know that. You know that. Like, you're not this obtuse. You're just saying things for the sake of being a contrarian. It's like the people with the stupid end zone fumble rule are like, military and defense. Like, it's just, you're just saying anything at all. Just screaming loudly for the sake of being an a-hole. There's no defending the NFL's regular season overtime rules. No game should end without both teams seeing the ball. And if you're worried about, well, you don't want teams playing five quarters, and by the way, it could have been five-plus quarters. Like, if both teams had scored touchdowns, then it would have been six quarters. If you're worried about that, then do the college thing. I don't like that because it takes out part of the game. It's not, it's not as good. But it's not dissimilar to the, you know, the Major League Baseball's solution. You say, we just don't want these games to go on for forever. Fine. But both teams see the ball. Like, I can't. Both teams need to see the ball. The kickers are too good in the NFL, so you'd have to start the ball at, like, the 50-yard line. You couldn't start. Well, I was thinking, like, when it started, like, what if both teams just start at the minus 25 and they each start at the minus – like, they just both get a chance to start at the minus 25 and do whatever. It's it's probably not going to shorten the games any. (laughs) Like, it's probably going to be the exact same. Well, I mean, yeah, it would be what happened Sunday night. Right, that's what I'm saying. So why take out the kickoffs just for funsies? Well, because because they're taking out kickoffs anyway. You've got to do something in order to try to shorten it so that the games don't go an extra (laughs) – 20 minutes, 30 minutes, something like that. I understand them not wanting... It's a very violent physical game, and these teams might have to turn around and play four days later. I I would say this is going to happen so rarely that I wouldn't be making rules based on that fear. I would just go ahead and do the best thing in order to try to determine a game. That's what I would do. But if they feel that... if If what's holding it up from doing it right is the length of the game then do the college thing. 
Because you got to do it from the 50. Because basically every team can make a kick from the 40 at this point. Do it from the 50. At least require them to get a first down in order to score. But it's kind of nuts that we wouldn't just say, hey, look, a couple times a year, a team... And by the way, what is the likelihood... Somebody that's smarter than I can figure out the math of what's the likelihood of a team that plays an overtime game just happens to be the team that's turning around and playing on the road on Thursday night or whatever it is. It's not impossible, and it definitely is going to definitely going to be uh, unpleasant, but I'm not making the rules. You saw the way it should be. Both teams should see the ball in overtime. That's the best way to determine a game, and every regular season game should be that way. Today's show is brought to you by, ooh, this one's brought to you by Goose Flights. You, of course, know how much we love Goose Flights. Trying to lift up the legacy of the great Tony Saragusa. We partner with his family. Goose Flights Lager is delicious. It's available in cans at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton, as well as the Glory Days Grill locations throughout the state of Maryland and also available in cans at Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane. Cans and six-packs available at Guilford Hall Brewery and Station North, the Costa Sin and Dundalk, six-packs and cases at the Wine Source in Hamden. One ninety-eight from every can sold goes to benefit the Goose Flights Foundation, the work they're doing to provide non-emergency medical transport for those in need. Find out more, pressboxonline.com slash gooseflights. Baseball season is upon us. Which is hard to believe as we look out and stare at the snow today. But it is officially upon us. And it starts at the collegiate level. Joining us now, a friend of ours, a former radio man himself here in Baltimore. He is the first-year head coach at the University of Maryland, our friend Coach Matt Swope. Back with us here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn. It's always great to catch up. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Thanks for having me. Dude, you're, you're, like, are you practicing in the snow today? Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be up to 49, shockingly enough. I mean, we look out at snow right now, but by by 3 o'clock, I'm looking at 49, and we're good to go. We're actually going to enter squad today. What What is it like? Like, how do you – I've never – I just never had this conversation. When you plan your schedule at the beginning yeah. of the year, when are you willing to, like, play a game in the north? Like, how important is it you to you to make sure that you go down and play in Georgia to start the season so you don't have to deal with this type of stuff? What does that look like? Well, the turf has really helped out. So these days you're not, I mean, they can, it could snow three inches and they can plow it and we can practice later on. Wow. So that's the good part about kind of these new turf fields in the Northeast. But yeah, I mean, we actually schedule sometimes two and three years out on the weekends to try to plan just for what you just said. So we'll always try to go um, into a, a, like a little bit of a warmer spot for the first two or three weeks. Um, but this year, actually, we do play at home versus Bryant week three. So those that. those weekends are kind of dicey. You <laughs> yeah. can have it. Where the last two weeks we've had some great days in the 50s, or, yeah. or you could have it be where it's really cold. So it's 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 kind of dicey here early in the season. All right, Coach, what's something that, you know, you've been at Maryland. You are, obviously, when I think Maryland baseball, I think Matt Swope. So this isn't like some sea change. But what's something about the job that's all, that you've already learned just in the months that you've held the title of head coach? What's something that maybe has been different or you didn't realize or anything along those lines? I mean, crazy enough, I, I've talked about this probably a several times in the past month, but it feels the same. Yeah, <laughs> so, I believe it. I mean, I mean honestly, thank God for, for John Chef when I first came back here, just tasked me with being able to do some of the budget, the scheduling, 
uh, maybe a lot of things that I was able to learn to be a head coach, you know, right when I came back in and then that kind of transition with Rob as well. So I, I think some things will probably in the game setting, right? The first time I write my first lineup or, you know, maybe my first home plate meeting with the umpires, maybe some things like that, that'll in the moment be a little bit surreal and different. But from the most part, I, you know, I tell people it, it feels the same, which is, I think, a good thing. Uh, just because we're just looking for that sustainable success and kind of continue the culture and the good vibes about Maryland baseball. Uh, do you have enough pitching? That's, I mean, like, I know that that's the million dollar <laughs> question, right? Like, yeah. do, do you, do yeah. you have enough pitching going into the season? Well, I just say we're, I, it definitely seems we're a little deeper. You know, I don't know if we have the front end stuff, you know, we've had, we had four, uh, four pitchers actually get drafted last year as well. So, you're looking at that and you're saying, you know, it's, it's been a little bit of an Achilles heel at times, but we've had talent. So I think this year we're, we're a little bit deeper as far as that goes, which, which is always a good thing. But when you have 25 new players on a roster, you're kind of looking early on, you know, who's going to establish roles, who's going to take advantage of opportunities on the pitching staff and on the hitting side. So I think that's what I look forward to most is kind of seeing how this team kind of takes shape. I, I was wondering if you could tell, like, do you have a sense of what the weekend rotation looks like yet? Yeah, right now, um, it, probably this weekend we may go something like Kenny Littman uh, on Friday for us. You know, he led the team in appearances last year, uh, two years ago. He was a D3 All-American at Denison. So he's back into a little bit more of a, a comfortable role and hopefully – uh, keeping him more on a set schedule once a week with his routine, um, we can we can get the most out of him. And then okay. any combination, maybe this weekend, a, a Logan Coster, who's a GW's Friday starter uh, last year, and then Me Johnson is another guy who won a JUCO World Series um, last year. So um, definitely have some guys with experience, right? Like I'm not I'm not calling you and saying, hey, we have two freshmen and I have no idea what we got. <laughs> uh, we, we did a we did a decent job with with adding some guys that have a ton of experience, but obviously they have to, they have to do it at a, a little bit of a higher level as well. As you bring up, obviously you, you went to the portal quite a bit this year. Is, is it, is that just the new reality and it's just going to be like that every year or is that unique to the circumstances of this year? Yeah. Well, I'd say we're always going to, you know, try to build our program with, with, with the high school guys. Yeah. Uh, we never want to be viewed as a Juco or a portal. I mean, I think it's just an asset, you know, we'll look at it to add, you know, what is your, what is your personnel for that team that year? And you need to need to add pieces here and there. So no, we're always at Maryland. We try to develop guys. We take a lot of pride in, in our own and developing that. And obviously when you have seven players drafted and, and um, the turnover that we had, it's going to be necessary at times to kind of fill that. So it's definitely the new college landscape, but it's, it's not something that we're going to continuously rely on to actually build the program and develop. He is Coach Matt Swope. Maryland baseball gets underway this weekend down at Georgia Southern. They'll be home next Tuesday for a game um, as uh, they'll try to beat the weather over the course of the first couple weeks of the season. Coach, you know, you mentioned obviously it's not just the pitching, new faces, the other side, and, and clearly a lot of talent that you had to replace. Matt Shaw headlining, but not just him, Schlager, all these other guys. Um, I, I imagine it helps to have somebody like Kevin Keister that you can rely on and it, it, it's not just like a complete overhaul going into the season. No, and we, like I said, again, we, we got three guys that have, that have played a lot in the lineup. You got Keister, you got Hakopi, and you got Elijah Lambros, all who put up really good numbers last year. They have to kind of take on a little bit more of a leadership role, but then we added Sam Honar um, and Alex Calarco, who both hit in the middle of Big Ten lineups. Um, and then you add in some influx of some young talent, like Chris Hakopi and the younger brother is special. Um, Braden Martin, who's a local talent, and then uh, 
uh, Jordan Carlson, who's from Virginia Beach. So we we have we have some talent. You know, we have some guys back. We have some we have some guys in the portal, and then we have an influx of, of young talent. So um, I think at times we're going to be very very physical on offense. Um, we just kind of see how they take shape and. Uh, it's very difficult for, for freshmen to make an impact at this level. So, I mean, I think you're kind of seeing that across the landscape, yeah. whether it's in basketball or football. Um, you just you just got to kind of see how they can handle it. The the burden, you know, you mentioned, and I know that you haven't hid since you took the job from the, the goal is to just continue all of the success that you guys have experienced. But, like, do you have to be patient with that? As there's Is there a little bit of you have to allow for a reset or – do you come in and say, nah, like we, we believe we are the class of the Big Ten and we have no plans on, on stepping back in any way at this point? No, I think you're trying to, trying to build a standard of excellence, which is when you expect to win every game. And, and nobody's going to feel bad for you that you had seven players drafted. No, yeah. you know, opponents are going to take it easy on you. So I think you know, when I try to use bulletin board material now or, or try to keep these guys in check, it doesn't really phase them. And that's, that's a good thing as a coach because you're – you're saying, well, okay, this mis- tactic of motivation isn't really working because they expect to win. They expect to be good. So I think that's that's part of the standard that we've built, and we welcome that. Um, so regardless of, of the turnover and whatever, I think good programs that have had sustainable success um, have been able to weather that and, and forge on. So that's, that's what we're trying to do here is keep that sustainable success. What do you still need? Like, you know, obviously there have been a lot of changes um, uh, facilities-wise, and there's been a lot of upgrades What's still on your radar that you want to see away from the field as you've taken on this role, next steps for the program on the whole? Yeah, well, I think one of my personal dreams is always to try to get a new stadium built. Yeah. Uh, I think a, a lot of my legacy will probably be built upon that and how I can help with that and do that. I think we're, we're one facility away like that from, from really being a destination on the entire East Coast. And uh, we're having our groundbreaking ceremony tomorrow for a brand new indoor that's being yep. built um, by the Stanley Bob family. So we're going to do that out the field tomorrow. So um, things are moving forward, but I'm, uh, I will I will put a lot of time and an effort into into trying to make that a reality um, in the time that I'm here for sure. So you're not we're not just going to keep settling for like the temporary bleachers uh, moving no. forward. We got no. those, gonna... <laughs> those are great, and that regional was oh electric, my god, it was amazing. I, you know, yeah, I, I want it to be more of, a, you know, again, it's just, you know, we need to upgrade and it's something that continue to move the program forward. You know, I have such a connection with, with, the with you know, D.C., Maryland, Baltimore, Virginia, that I want people to, to want to come, you yeah. know, yeah. and uh, keep establishing these relationships with, with the community. And, and so um, it's going to be an important part of, of moving forward with the team. I saw you had Lamont out again recently, mm-hmm. and I know how important he is in your life and, and what you've meant to him. Uh, I saw you hanging out on, a, on a, a show with the Hunter Pence recently. Like, how great has it been for you to lean into those relationships now in this role and for then, then this group of guys to see like that there is support from like some of these like most top dudes for what it is they're doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'll see Lamont today. He comes in at twelve thirty. He comes in two or three days a week. We'll work together. So it's it's always great to see the professional players that come back. And I think that really helps our players. Is that hey, these professional guys, some that didn't even play at Maryland, are still coming in to to work out here and try to get developed. And that always helps with recruiting. But yeah. on the national stage, yeah, I just think that w- we want to be a, a place that's known that you can go and get better. Simple as that, you know. And you know, if you look at the our our you know, trajectory of what has happened and Matt Shaw, Nick LaRusso, Luke Schlager, even 
even Lamont Wade, none of those guys were ranked in the top 500 out of high school. So um, we've established, you know, the development process here and um, it's just good for the order. So we would love to, to, to get that national recognition yep. and, and have Maryland be a, a place that's, that's respected um, first and foremost. And um, we need to have that obviously, because, you know, we got sent to Wake last year and I, I you know, that's a, that's a separate conversation, but it's, it's clear <laughs> that we need to still continue to build um, the level of respect for Big Ten and Maryland baseball. And then if I could, I, it's a selfish thing for me because I, you know, it's, it's, it's harder for me with two young kids to get down and I got a, a play-by-play schedule. I've always loved the commitment that the program has had to, like, come visit the state over the years. I know you guys are continuing that this year, coming to Towson, coming to UMBC to play games. And over the years, there have been games – you know, like at Hartford Community College or in Aberdeen, places mm-hmm. like that. Um, how big of a deal is that for you to make sure moving forward that you continue to, like, come see the entire state and play these teams and get to other places and kind of touch the entirety of the state of Maryland? Uh, it's super important. So the Orioles are listening. I've been trying to get a game there forever. Oh. I, would love to play, I would love to play at Camden Yards. The Orioles are my favorite team. It shaped my childhood. So, um having these schools and having these connections, I think is only good for the community. And uh, the more that we can partner with the Orioles or, or whoever's locally in the Nats or whoever else, um, I just think it's good for, for the order. It's good for us. It's good for them. Um, it promotes the, the sport. And especially these days where in the inner cities, I don't feel like there's a much of attention to baseball. There's not as many players. Um, I think we can continue to kind of partner and move that forward. Dude, that seems like such a no-brainer. Like that would be electric, man. Like yep. <laughs> ah, we gotta, we gotta work on that. I'm gonna yep. make a couple of calls today. That would be awesome. All right, coach. Uh, we will be in touch. We will be in contact for sure. You know that, and uh, we will be rooting for you and pulling for all your success. Gets underway this weekend, coach Matt Swope. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for hopping on with us, and let's talk again as the season gets going. All right. Let's... Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Matt Swope. Uh, baseball coach, the University of Maryland, and a Maryland lifer. I mean, like, that man lives and breathes Maryland baseball and has had every opportunity to go do something else, to take jobs at the major league level, pro jobs. That dude cares about Maryland baseball. So it was the obvious choice um, when there was an opening, it was the definition of a no-brainer for him to be the guy. And, um, you know, I, I've said it before. When I was in college, Maryland baseball didn't exist. Like, didn't exist. Not literally. There was a program. But it was it was kind of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like, right, Maryland baseball. And what's happened over the course of the last, now it's been over a decade at this point, has been... A literal miracle. I mean, this is a program that like, it did not ex- It was to say it was off the radar. It'd be like talking about DePaul basketball. Was the last time you could name a DePaul basketball player? I dare you. Go ahead. I I can't. Quentin Richardson probably. I feel like there's somebody. Oh well. No. That's. That was what Maryland baseball was. And it might have been worse than that. It's been a miracle. And obviously, the success, winning the Big Ten, hosting a regional, they've made super regionals. They haven't gotten to Omaha yet. That's the thing. It's a tough ask this year. As Coach mentioned, a lot of turnover 
on the roster, but gotta get the pitching going. That's been the that's been the the problem, obviously, in the postseason has been the pitching, and it, it's a it, it's an issue throughout a lot of college baseball. Like it's hard to find programs that are loaded. What was it? Uh, you know, LSU obviously was loaded with pitching, right? Like, but other than LSU, it's hard to find programs that are loaded with pitching at the collegiate level. Be exciting. I, I, I'm a, I have become a big college baseball guy. I wish that like there was more. I am still a lacrosse guy. That's part of the difficulty for me is like I got to split my allegiances during the course of the, the spring. And now the Orioles are good. Yeah, and, and you know what you say that, but like when the the the, the years when the Orioles were going through the rebuild, like I was Locked soaking up to... college baseball, like soaking it up. And yeah, it's it is harder. You're 100 percent right because like I'll see that the Orioles will be on like Big Ten Network one or the the Terps will be on Big right. Ten Network, and I'll be like, oh, I want to watch that game, and I'll be like, right, but the Orioles are playing the Red a, Sox. It's an Orioles game. <laughs> I'm obviously going to watch that. It's just what it is. <laughs> Three years ago, I didn't have to worry about that. I could say, yeah, I'm good. If I miss this one, it's going to be all right. All right. Uh, thanks to Matt Swope for taking the time for us this morning. Today's show brought to you by Superbook. Hopefully, you took uh, the advice and you bet Towson last night. Hopefully, you weren't like Griffin and then parlayed it with Kansas because that, was, mean, a, that was a huge mistake. It was. That was a big time. I believe we call that. Kansas uh, may be dead. A boner is what a they boner. call that. That's actually what. It, there was a. The term boner was used by a previous generation to describe errors, mistakes. Like, gotcha. What a boner that was. How did that? How did the I definition of that change? Well, I mean, I think once. <laughs> I think the other thing was pretty obvious. Well, yeah. Why we called it a boner. <laughs> and so I think once that started, people just got away from. And calling the other things a boner, which is a shame because I love bringing it out every now and then. No, you know what? You love bringing your boner out? Yeah, I'm going to. Is that what you said? I'm back off that. What I said was nothing. Well, that's what I said. It was a little something. Nothing at all. I love. If you're a Washington Capitals fan, uh, the number tonight, I don't know. I've been paying attention to hockey. They just score like way more goals in hockey games these days. Because like the number, the total is six and a half tonight. For oh, it's the Avalanche. The Avalanche are yeah, the Avs are yeah, good. They're really good. I wouldn't bet on. Might that. have something to do with that. I wouldn't bet on the Capitals tonight. Uh, that would be my yeah. They're plus unofficial one professional Avalanche advice. minus one sixty five tonight against the Capitals. Mm-hmm. If that's something that gets you going, it does not for me. Sorry, just the way that it goes. Gets me going on the Avs, maybe. Does not get me going. And looking ahead to next year, um, the Ravens are the second favorite in the AFC. Plus 450, while the Chiefs are at plus 400. And for the Super Bowl, the Ravens are the third favorite at 8-1, to one, fa- uh, behind the 49ers 5-1 to one, and the Chiefs 7-1. to one. So if you want to get some early action, if you want to feel life again now that football season's over, go ahead to Superbook. Download the Superbook app, superbook.com. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up. You'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Superbook.com, download the Superbook app. Um, John, I understand what you're saying about Maryland, but like I do really do appreciate the fact that the baseball program over the years has always kind of gone out of their ways to make sure that they play games in this region. The point, it would be nice if like they promoted it a little bit. Like I don't disagree with that, but it's that's hard anymore because like are you promoting it on the radio or on Facebook or on Twitter? Like I don't know what the correct answer is any longer for how to promote it, but like they've always come up and played at Towson and played at UMBC and 
I, I'm telling you, they played Delaware at Hartford Community College once, and I remember taking my my at the time it was like maybe the first baseball game my son ever went to, um, and they've played at, at Ripken Stadium before, and I'd like to see them continue to do that because you get those Tuesday one-off games, like why not? Right. Why not come play those somewhere yeah, they, else? The because my senior year uh, at Towson, that yeah. was the that was the year I think Maryland was the best when they were they were like ranked. The all year year they all made year. the super region. Yeah. Oh, that couldn't have been your senior year. Was that the year the they hosted years. the region? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah the year they hosted. The yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they came up to Towson. Well, Towson they always do like a home or they usually do a home yep. and home. Yep. And so they went down to to, to College Park and they got destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Maryland came back up like the end of April and it was they it, Towson was down. They came back. They forced extra innings. Maryland eventually won. Well, the other thing about those Tuesday games is they innings, normally aren't starting one of their top guys right, for that yeah. game, so you got a better shot at uh, picking <laughs> right. them off in those circumstances. But I've appreciated that about Maryland yeah. baseball. They've committed Just to like coming to these p- programs and playing like Mount games. St. Mary's. And, like, I don't think they go to Mount St. Mary's. No, they they host Mount St. Mary's. I don't think they travel to Mount St. Mary's. I don't think they. I don't know if that's a facility thing out there or, or mm. what it is. Like I don't know if Mount St. Mary's broadcasts the games. I, like I, I'm sure there are considerations made to all those. Things. I'm not opposed to it. I think it'd be a neat thing. I'm not opposed to them going out and playing a game at the. the is the new Hagerstown Stadium opening this year? Um, I don't know. They are at Mount St. Mary's this year. They are at Mount St. Yeah. Mary's. Okay, so there yeah. you go. There you go. Like I, I like that. I like that they do. They go play a game at uh, Salisbury. You know what I mean? Like go play a game. <laughs> I, it's it's not to the point until you have a new facility. It's not like. It's so desperate. I, if you wanted to play a one-off game, yeah, they play at each UMBC Towson in uh, in the Mount. It's great. Yeah. It's great. And he said he's trying to get a, a, connect, a connection with the Orioles. You've seen the Orioles host Navy baseball, where they played Navy UMBC. Right, it was a game oh, that yeah, the Orioles yeah. hosted. It'd be awesome to have a Maryland, you know, whoever Villanova, something like that, uh, game a one-off game at Camden Yards. That would be dope. I would love that. All right, um, appreciate it. Thanks, Matt Swope. When we come back in. Let's uh, let's let's do uh, County Sports on Radio, right? Yeah. It's Tuesday. Yeah. That's what we do on Tuesdays. We'll catch up with our friend Wes Brown, find out what's going on in the world of local high school sports. That's next, GCR. Hey, it's Jeremy Kahn. This postseason, bet in person at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks with locations in Canton and in Towson, and enjoy the best in-class sports wagering experience at their state-of-the-art facilities, bringing an unmatched sports betting thrill. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Discover your next favorite beer crafted in the heart of Charm City. At Guilford Hall Brewery, we believe beer should be flavorful and easy to enjoy. Our meticulously crafted lagers and ales are derived from centuries-old European brewing traditions, a staple for both the seasoned beer aficionado or a novice hophead. Experience beer styles that dare to showcase the exceptionality of simplicity. Visit our restaurant and brewery at 1611 Guilford Avenue or view our menu and tap map online at guilfordhall.com. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. 
Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of special Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken. A family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Hungry? With seven locations throughout Maryland, Glory Days Grill is always right around the corner. They have wings, burgers, salads, sandwiches, and drinks to satisfy everyone, as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone. Glory Days is the best place to watch football or whatever your favorite sport is. While you're there, be sure to check out Goose Flights Lager, named in honor of legendary Raven Tony Goose Siragusa. $2 of every can is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. One of the things that's definitely wrong with this country is that this dude still has a job somehow, some way. Glenn Clark. If you missed it yesterday, Stan the Fan Charles, as well as Ross Grimsley, caught up with the great Scotty McGregor ahead of the start of Orioles spring training. Pitchers and catchers reporting this week. You can find that show right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, or pressboxonline.com slash video. All right, it's Tuesday. Every Tuesday, we try to find out what's going on in the world of local high school sports. And to do that, we catch up with our friend Wes Brown of County Sports Zone for County Sports Zone Radio here on GCR. Wes, what's going on, brother? How are you? Doing good. Doing good. How are you? I am. I am very good. Let's uh, let's mix it up this week. Why don't we start with a little bit of uh, what's happening in high school wrestling? A big event this past week. Yeah, so so this past uh, weekend was the uh, dual wrestling championship, so the the team events there. Uh, but before they get into the the individual competitions, um, not necessarily anything groundbreaking, as all the all the top seeds won. Uh, Walt women in four A, Linganore three A, Stephen Decatur two A, and South Carroll one A. Uh, South Carroll was also a, a three time repeat champion. Uh, but the three A and four A uh, finals were at least a little close, and there were there were some close semifinals there. Uh, but the teams that were expected to win pretty much pulled them out. I have to be honest. This is the first time that I realized that they did a different team competition than individual. I just sort of assumed they did the two at the same time. So I have learned something today. When is the individual? Uh, when are the individual championships? So the the individual wrestling tournament starts on the twenty uh, third okay. this month. Okay. Uh, with the, the finals on on March first and second. All right. Very good. Uh, winding down, obviously, in the regular season in high school basketball. What were some of the results that stood out to you this week? 
Yeah, so so last week they, they had some pretty big games. Uh, obviously, City Poly uh, with, with yep. City pulling that one out, uh, a six point win. Uh, Mount Carmel and St. Francis were two, you know, huge uh, MIA teams uh, getting together with, with Mount Carmel actually pulling out the the, the upset. Uh, 55 52 um and then concordia prep also pulled off an upset beating gerstel academy uh 50 to 40 um and then last night i was out at uh river hill for river hill long reach with two of the the top teams in howard county uh with the hawks managing to, to pull out that victory 72 to 66 to uh clinch the the howard county title excellent and then uh who's the athlete of the week uh, going off of that game last night, uh, Braden Sarich from, from River Hill uh, finished with 23 points, 15 in the second half. Uh, in that win, um, I was just amazed with, you know, his body control. He had no fear, you know, driving to the hole. Um, and he was able to just, you know, kind of float in the air and, and make some some key finishes. Um, and then on, on top of that, he was able to, to step out and hit a big three to, to seal things off. All right. I mean, that seems seems well worthy of being the athlete of the week. Um, is anyone separate? I know, you know, we're getting down to the end of the regular season. It, either at the public school or the private school level, is anyone really separating themselves? Or is this, like, more open going into these tournaments than perhaps we're used to some seasons being? I feel like it's a little more open. Usually there's, you know, the the select few, you know, really good teams that, that you're kind of waiting. Kind of, kind of like football, you're waiting around to see who gets upset. Um, I feel like this year is a little bit different. We have a few you know, teams that are, you know, on, in that top sphere that are going to have to beat each other. Um, you know, the, the long range coach was talking to me last night, you know, he's like, he was glad, you know, they're able to play games like these now to prepare them because, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough battle. Um, so it should be hopefully an, an entertaining uh, playoffs as we hit it here in about a week and a half. All right. Very good. Let's remind everybody as we get closer to the playoffs about uh, what they can find at County Sports Zone and, of course, the, the big pick'em contest. Yeah, so playoffs are, are coming up here in the next you know week, week and a half. Um, we've we've got the the brackets that that'll be posted as soon as the the seedings are finalized, um, and it'll be the the best place to find you know when games are, where they are, uh, you know what time and and who wins. Uh, and then on top of that, we have our our CSE pick'em uh, for for boys basketball here. Um, different counties each day throughout the week. Uh, sign up, pick a contest, swipe for which team you think will win, um, and you can you can climb the leaderboard and and play against some friends. By the way, I did not realize that Mount Carmel was now tied with St. Francis atop their division. Like that seems yeah. noteworthy, right? Like Mount Carmel, yeah. not to take anything away from them as a program, but they have not been competing at the top of the A conference in a few years, right? Yeah, yeah, they the, 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 this season especially they, they definitely make it made a made a climb there to the top. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty significant. All right, remind everybody also about uh, social media, where they can find you, where they can find CSE. Yep, so uh, CSE is at CSE Scores on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can find them County Sports Zone on, on Facebook as well. Um, then I'm, I, I'm at W underscore Brown 21. Excellent. Wes Brown, appreciate you, man. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us. Let's talk again next Tuesday, all right? Yep, sounds good. That's Wes Brown, County Sports Zone, with us for County Sports Zone Radio. And, of course, appreciate Toyota. For their partnership with County Sports Zone and making it possible for everybody to get the best high school sports coverage. It's your headquarters for local high school scores, schedules, standings across all sports. CountySportsZone.com, proudly sponsored by Toyota. Sun's already out. The snow's already gone. It's 10:51 a.m. So what do you want? What are you going to do about it? Put them back in school. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I want them to go get all the kids and put them back in school.
it's it's gone. Maybe it'll come back. I just I just looked up, and there's I don't see the snow is gone. Um, my, my a-hole kids. Yeah, maybe it's still in the Hereford zone, but like they they they'll actually be heartbroken because their grandmother is coming to spend the day with them starting at twelve o'clock. My mother. Ah. And presumably their plan was just to spend the day sledding. Man, it might get hot today. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely done. It's definitely done. There's no more. Give up. There's no more coming. So just give up. <laughs> we are. Uh, it's a heck of a place. <laughs> try try to explain this to somebody from Western New York. <laughs> try to say, "Hey, here's what it would look like." It's annoying. It's very annoying. <sighs> alas, alas, it's what it is. I get it. Uh, the, uh, John, John's like, oh, you got to remember, they, they don't want to get sued. Like, I understand, but, like, accidents can happen in the rain, too. Like, so let's I, just never go to school. That's like, that's that's where I'm at. <laughs> like, I don't... I'm sorry. It's, I, I shouldn't care this much about this. I, um, should, I should just say. But it's no snow. Look outside. Yeah, what you should be caring about is Patrick, Patrick Mahomes being the goat. Yeah, he's the goat. They're gonna try to f that chicken for days. They I mean, they so desperately need Draymond years, Green. Years, years. Th- actually, those that they need Draymond Green to chuck like chuck a basketball at somebody. They are they desperately need something. They need, they need Draymond Green to give somebody a wet willy. Or who's who's an NBA player that could be pissed off about something? Who's a, um, Kyrie Irving could be pissed off any day, right? <laughs> Well, he's been awfully quiet, hasn't he? Yeah, he had a, he got there. He's been playing well, but that's but like he's not they're done not, anything yeah, to get it, bring attention like... to himself. Like there's just no there's no topic. I can't imagine if like you do the NBA primarily. Like what's getting you through right now? Again, you probably like, a lot of All Star break uh, storylines. What, what's the storyline? Who's Griffin? playing in the celebrity game? No, that <laughs> sure as hell ain't it. What is the story? Metal like? World Peace is playing uh, in the celebrity game, I think. Okay. Yeah. You think that I'm yeah. going to watch that? Maybe. No. What are you doing Friday night? Anything but that. I actually don't have any plans on Friday night. Yeah, exactly. I still won't. Celebrity still, basketball game. I swear to God. I remember. I remember. Like in middle school, I think I cared. Like. Um. Which I. I don't, like. Is that their target? I don't know what the target is. I. I have no idea what the target <laughs> is. I think the target isn't necessarily the TV audience. I feel like the target is how do we come up with another event during the course of the weekend that we can get people to buy tickets to? Because they don't even do... like I'm pretty sure they don't even do the celebrity game at the same location as the Rising Stars game. Indy's weird. They're doing the dunk contest in the stadium, but not the All-Star game. The All-Star game is at the arena. Oh, they're doing the dunk contest like at Lucas Oil. The dunk contest is in the Dome. It's bizarre, man. Are they right next to each other? Um, not right next to each other, okay. but they're not so far apart that it's unwieldy. I mean, like they're both downtown Indianapolis, but they're not. It's a good walk. You probably wouldn't want to walk it, but it also doesn't matter. Like I, I just don't. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I guess because the dunk contest. I guess is that's bigger. their way of. I guess that's what their way of acknowledging yeah. that nobody. That Who's in the dunk? We're not pretending any longer that anybody cares about the All Star Game. Because remember, they did the All Star Game in the stadium in Dallas, right? Like they did it, and they did it with the full court. Like they did it. They tried to get a hundred plus thousand people at the All Star Game, and I think they successfully did in mm-hmm. Dallas. But I can't. 
I bet there's a lot of regret. I bet there's a lot of people that paid money for a ticket to that, sat in the upper deck of a stadium to watch a fake basketball game and said to themselves, what am I doing with my life? Like, why, why am I doing this? Uh, I don't know about they're, this. They're Fuck. not doing the full setup. They're, oh, who are the four? It's McClung again, right? Yeah, Mac McClung's back. Yeah, uh, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, yes. I don't remember. The other two you're never going to get. Okay. Well, Jaime Jaquez. I don't know if he's a good dunker or not, <laughs> but I like him as a player. Uh, and then Jacob Toppin. Not Obi Toppin. Jacob Toppin. I definitely know that's a person. <laughs> totally have heard I of that. I think he's like in the Knicks. Did he play at Dayton? Like, what, what I don't it? know. I don't know. any. I've don't never know. heard of Jacob Toppin Neither have I. in my life. I think he's in the Knicks. Like, Are you League. sure? Are you sure Obi didn't just change his name? Um, no, I'm not, a, no, I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> I no, yeah, okay. He is the brother of Obi okay. Toppin, and yeah, he's on the Knicks G League team. If you say so, and he went. That, to, I mean, that's what, it's just just G League guys now. He went to you. He went to Rhode Island. And, if you're and just gonna Kentucky. do G League guys, why not get like six of them? Like, why limit well, it to just the well, two? No, well, like Mac McClung plays now. Does he? I think so. For who? Uh, for for the team that he's on. Uh, he was with the Sixers, wasn't he? <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah, the team that he plays for. <laughs> you're our NBA guy. I'm the <laughs> no clue. Yeah, actually, never mind. You're right. I think Mac. McClung it was your hero. Play. It was your hero, Mac McClung. Uh, yeah, he's on Orlando's G League. Yeah, exactly. Squad. It's half G League. Guy. There's one NBA player that anybody's. How many Hawkins plays? He plays. You're right. That's true. He's not established like a. Do you want to play? What team are these guys on? Oh God. Mike Conley. Uh, Utah. No. Where'd he go? Uh, he's in. Uh, he's on the Timberwolves. Oh, I did know that. Damn it, I did know that. Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. Oh, that's impossible. <laughs> he just got traded. That- Oh, that's right, he did. Piss, that's unfair. <laughs> well, that's why you, that might help you. Like that, his name's been in it's the... got to be. Well, it's got to be a good team, too. Uh, he went to the Knicks? Correct, yeah. Hey! From where? Detroit, right? Yes. Yeah. Kelly Oubre. I don't think I know where Kelly Oubre has been since the Suns. Um, yeah, I don't know what his track... He is currently with the Sixers. Okay, good for him. Let's see, who else should I do here? Harrison Barnes? Kings? Yes. Okay. Still with the Kings. What's the... This is a bad... <laughs> I'm trying, well, I'm trying, to, get, I'm trying whole, to get a list. We can do a whole segment of this. Donovan movie. Mitchell. Uh, was he the Cavalier? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. Yeah. Come on. Just make sure we, we, <laughs> like, we know. I, like, that's embarrassing. James Harden? <laughs> he's a sixer. No. Oh, right. He's not a sixer anymore. Oh, God. <laughs> this is why we got to do it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> he's the Clipper. Yes. Yeah. yeah. DeAndre Ayton. Pacers. No. Where did he no. end up? Remember that story of him uh, when the, he got iced in? Oh, right, Portland. Yeah, yeah my, he's bad. In Portland. my bad. He's in Portland. My bad. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Um, let's see. Who this do we want to do well. here? Uh, we, yeah, we know where Jordan Poole is. Oh, that, one went, that one wouldn't have worked. <laughs> Spencer <laughs> Dinwiddie. <laughs> you got no shot. The Nets? Uh, no, not the Nets. Not it was a, a net, about, about about six years ago, I think. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was probably more recent. Uh, I got nothing. He was a Los Angeles Laker. Oh, okay. Daniel Gafford just got traded. Yeah, but I didn't care about Daniel Gafford. <laughs> I know he was a wizard. He went to Dallas. Correct. I think I Correct. did see that. Uh, Clint Capella. I didn't know Clint Capella was still in the league. Last time I remember Clint Capella, he was a hawk. Um, he is still a hawk. Hey, good job. Unless he went and came back, hey, yeah, that's yeah. totally possible. Yeah, it's very too. possible. Uh, OG Ananobi. Uh, he's a Nick. Uh, correct. Yeah. Yes. He got traded from the Raptors to the Knicks. Jakob Podol. 
Also, the last time was he was a hawk. Not a hawk. Okay. Uh, he is a Toronto <laughs> he's the, Raptor. He's the game. He's the wordle. <laughs> he's a Toronto Raptor. Okay. RJ Barrett. I'm assuming that means he's not a Nick anymore. Yeah, he's not a Nick anymore. So he's a Pelican. I guess he just got, he was in that, I guess he must have been in the Black No, I don't know what trade. He's, no, he he's in Toronto. Detroit. No, he's oh, in he's Toronto. in Toronto. He might have yeah. been the Ananobi trade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, there it is. Because wasn't Quickly in that trade? Um, Harford yeah, County's yeah. On? Or what, was it Quentin Grimes? Or I thought Emmanuel Quickly went to Toronto. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Quant, Grimes, Quickly, and Barrett. Buddy healed. Oh, I he oh god, he just got I think traded. he also got traded. Too. He did just get traded. Um I know he got traded. This because, is essentially our NBA trade trade deadline yeah, right? update. Uh he went to Philly, right? <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah, he went to yes, Philly. Yes, he did. Yeah. I love Dennis him. Schroeder. Oh god. <laughs> I'm gonna again when in doubt, guess he's still a hawk. No. <laughs> Not a hawk. I don't know. D- Toronto? Uh no, he's in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah, he's in Brooklyn. Colin Sexton. Still in Cleveland? Uh, no, he's not still in Cleveland. I don't. How would I know? He's a Utah. He is a. I was, don't know how you say. It, he's a Utah Jazz. Was was he? Was he in the Donovan Mitchell deal? Um, maybe he was. There's a, there's a, there's a, I don't there's remember. a good chance he was. I don't remember. Bobby Portis. Uh, the last time I remember, he was a bull. No. Okay. Uh, he is in uh, Milwaukee. He's been in Milwaukee. For oh, a while, I did know that. Yeah. Never. Damn it, I did know that. Um, how how long do we? Wait? I guess we don't have to keep. No, doing we because we got to talk to Patrick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me give you one more. Let's find a let's find a good one here. Um. No, that's not a good one. Yeah, that's so, not a good one either. This is so bad. Yeah. This is so... Karis LeVert. I couldn't have told you that Karis LeVert was definitely still in the league. Uh, I Last I remember, he was a net. Uh, he's no longer a net. Okay, so he's... He's been with this team all year. Uh, the Timberwolves. No, not the Timberwolves. He is uh, Magic. <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers. Ah, that Cleveland was Cavaliers. my next guess. <laughs> my next one. NBA expert. Tell you what, once we get to the conference finals, baby. I don't know that I could name more than eight guys on my favorite team's roster. Like, because I don't get to watch many games. It's the reality of it. All right, we're into hour number two of the program. Uh, that was not a good showing for me. Could have done, could have done a lot better in that department. Every Tuesday, we'd like to catch up on what's going on in the world of college sports. Joining us now, the Washington Post, USA Lacrosse Magazine. You follow him on Twitter, at Discourse, D1S Course. He is Patrick Stevens, and he is with us here on GCR. Patrick, good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, Glenn. How are you this morning? I'm all right. Much-needed win for Towson, obviously, last night. Um, I, I, I don't... I don't know that like it, there's it was worth overreacting to a couple of losses, but they just needed to make sure that they showed that's just the difficulty of playing in the CAA and not like a trend that they were going the wrong way headed towards March. Well, I think there was a difference between the two losses. I mean, they basically got themselves in a in a low scoring game that played that played pretty well up at Hoster. They didn't play great, but they didn't play terribly either. But there was a definite sense in in talking to Pat Scary and, and Charles Thompson last night that. The, the the loss to Delaware at home and, and I saw some of that on on, on, on the on my DVR um, that that was below their standards like in terms of the effort that was being forth, put forth you know they brought Nenda Tark and, and Christian May off the bench last night as, as clearly kind of one of those let's get everybody's attention type of things uh, and then basically handled a, an Elon team that's not great Elon played zone pretty much the entire way it was just a matter of how long is it going to take for Towson to start knocking down some threes? And that finally started happening in the last seven minutes or so of the first half, and it turned 
what had at that point been a you know about a point per minute thing for both teams into a into a ten point halftime lead for Towson and they rolled to a twenty five point victory. So uh, I I don't know if that solves everything for them. I mean I mean just to be honest, Elon isn't very good. Right. But I think I think you know to see Tyler Tejada make some shots, to see Nenda Tark and Christian May play defense. They both had five rebounds, which was also something that stood out to. To, to pad after the game. So, you know, I think that's a, a game that gets them on the right track again. Um, you know, they're right now tied for third. They're in a four-way tie for third in the CAA, a game back of Wilmington and Charleston, who they play still again a second time. So, you know, this, this weekend, um, you know, two kind of must-wins for them, playing William and & Mary and Hampton, which are two teams in the bottom third of the conference, bottom quarter of the conference. Uh, and if they can get those two – and they're you know sitting there at ten and four with four games to go. You're you're in pretty decent shape at that point, especially if you can if you can win uh, the games you're supposed to uh, and put yourself in a spot to at least get that double buy. Because yeah, at this point, you know we've talked about it several times already. But for a team in that league, you get a top four seed and you take your chances from there. So I heard something because I watched the broadcast last night, and I know Pat. You know Pat, and sometimes he'll say things. Mm-hmm. But it was an interesting tidbit that uh, John Fanta passed along. That, like Pat Scary had said, that he believes that Tyler Tejada might be the most talented player he's ever recruited and landed at Towson. And you remember, of course, that like Jarrell Benjamin was a transfer, mm-hmm. and so there's some qualifications there. And because the the first thought I had was like, okay, that's just Pat you know, blowing smoke and talking to John Fanta before. But then I was like, is it possible that's true? Like, is it? It is possible. Yeah. It, it is possible it's true. Be- because basically, Tejado is a 6'9 g- dude with guard skills. Um, and he had a growth spurt in high school, as it happens, right? A guy that's like six foot, six one, you know, shoots up by six or seven inches. And, and you look up, it's like, oh, you still have you still have those guard skills that you had before. Uh, you, you think about the number of guys that they've had over the years. You know, they've they've always kind of had the issue of can they finally find a point guard, right? Like that's sort of been the missing piece more often than not for that team. And they've had good players. I mean, just last year they had they had Nick Timberlake who'd been in the program for many years, and 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 Jason Gibson, uh, and obviously Charles Thompson. I think it's fair to say he's a self-made player, a guy that's just made yeah. himself better over the years, but. You know, there hasn't been a whole lot of those guys that just roll in and are immediately stars from the jump uh, there. And, and I, I think Tahada, there's a very good chance that, or a very good case you can make that he is uh, as talented as anybody that, that Pat Scary has brought in as a freshman during uh, his long stint at Towson. Um, now we talk about Maryland, and there's not really a whole lot to say. I, I, I you know, it's the part where you can't say it's over because it's not over until it's actually over. But like, it's it's over. Like, you know what I mean? Is that, <laughs> did I say that the correct way? <laughs> uh, I, I think I think you pretty much did. Uh, you know, I think last week pretty much was it. Uh, those were you know, beat Rutgers at home. Ohio State on the road are, are there were two good chances to get victories and and you know you lose one by three points and another in double overtime. I mean that that Rutgers game was exactly the game that I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it was. Brutal. You know, like I really regret not bringing yeah. that teach basket. You you, um, you you certainly I, I hope I said as I said the next day I hope everyone took your advice. I hope everyone. Yeah. Pat Patrick has never cared about gambling in the history of gambling. 
and yet gave you gambling advice last Tuesday. I yeah. hope you listen. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think the one takeaway I'll offer up um, from from Saturday is, you know, where's Matty Traore been? Yeah, you know, yeah. now granted, I think that some of some of this is for a dude that had played two minutes since the turn of the new year, and somebody that had played a grand total of sixteen minutes since the start of December, I think it's safe to say with no disrespect to him that he wasn't exactly showing up in a prominent spot in Ohio state. That's so, you know, there were probably, there were probably some scenarios there where, or especially in the first half of that game where Ohio state's like, who's this dude? Um, but he played pretty well, eight, eight points and five rebounds in 20 minutes. And, you know, they were better with him on the floor than just about anybody else. So, Maybe they've uncovered a little something there uh, out of necessity. And, and he obviously had some injuries early on in the season, too. But at, at this point, I think if you're Maryland, anything that shows even the slightest hint of life for your offense is something that's worth investigating uh, moving forward. So, you know, at the same time, you know, the, the, the same things that, that we've talked about now for three months are still there. It, it's a team that, that defends like crazy. It's a team that, that just doesn't have much rhythm at all at the offensive end. And, you know, I think it's pretty clear that it's going to be a very important offseason for Kevin Willard to fix uh, an offense that, that, is, that is very difficult to watch more often than not. I, I, I brought this up like two weeks ago. I, it, I, I know that we, it's hard to it's quantify this. The shame to me is that I fear that now, because Maryland won't accomplish anything, Jameer Young will sort of be just remembered as, like, the next in the group of the Mellow Trimble, Anthony Cowan. It'll be hard to separate, you know, one from the other because no one had an individual accomplishment or a team that was so significant. And I feel like Jameer Young has been even better. And those guys are good players. But I feel like Jameer Young's been even better than that. And, I like, you, you almost start to feel bad for him that he'll sort of not stand out the way that it feels like he should based on the quality of player that he's been. Yeah, I think you could you could certainly make that case. But, I mean, this is also a dude that is going to end up in the top 50, if not maybe the top 40, uh, in career scoring and do it in two, two years. Seasons, yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, and the comparison I would make, and this is, this is not somebody that doesn't get his flowers, and, and given the career that he had, Rightfully so. But a guy that toiled and put up some great numbers on some teams that mostly weren't very good was Walt Williams. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think anybody's opinion of Walt Williams is diminished because of the teams that he played on. Um, now, he also plays an almost mythic right. part yes. in, in, the, in the whole, you know, rise of Maryland basketball legend, essentially. Yes. And so... That that is something obviously Jameer Young is not going to be able to to, to have it in, in his pocket, but I think that there's a, a great deal of respect um, that is and and will be accorded to Jameer Young, and I think too his place in in how you know he's viewed as as part of that program is probably tied a little bit to, to you know what ultimately becomes of the Kevin Willard era, yeah, like. If this is if this year is simply a speed bump and Kevin Willard starts churning out Sweet Sixteen teams, 
then it's going to be that's the dude that was that that kind of provided a, a a foundation for where they were going to be headed. And if Kevin Willard is the is the coach at Maryland for let's say five years or less, then there probably isn't going to be uh, quite the same level of reverence. But that said, you know, uh, you look at what Jameer Young has done this season, and, and some of the numbers are just just silly. It's nuts. Um, and not and not just and not just. 31 at Michigan State or 37 at UCLA or 36 at Northwestern. Um, just, just overall, like some of the some of the efficiency numbers are are just simply silly, and especially on a team where there's only so many other serious offensive threats that can be on the floor at once. So this isn't a guy that that happens to be surrounded by high end offensive talent at at all four other spots. He's done a lot. And, and frankly, he, he, if you're going to see a Maryland basketball game, he's the reason to go watch. Yeah, no question. No question. All right, Patrick Stevens with us here on GCR. Let's hop over to the lacrosse side, Patrick. Um, Maryland-Syracuse, Saturday night in the Dome, looks pretty tasty for an early season matchup. Obviously, Maryland reminding everybody of just how good they are, particularly defensively, and at the faceoff dot against Loyola on Saturday. Yeah, you know, like you can kind of, and for both of those teams, for Maryland and Loyola, you can look at those games. You can look at that game in a couple different ways. Like if you're if you're Maryland, you're thrilled with what you're doing because you did not you did not have the ability to do that, particularly on the back half of last season. Uh, simply weren't healthy enough at that end. Uh, you won all your you won all what fourteen out of eighteen faceoffs. You know, go ahead and credit you know Luke, the Luke Weirman show and all that. But you can also look at that and say, you know, Maryland shot like eleven of forty-eight. That's fair. Like that wasn't that wasn't a great offensive performance, especially for a team that had the ball as much as they did. Um, now they didn't need to do a whole lot either. I mean, at, at, at some point there, you're basically, you know, the clock is your friend, and it, it doesn't necessarily matter if you're getting a great shot if you can take a minute plus off the clock in the second half. So I totally get that. On the flip side, you know, if you're Loyola. You're sitting there going, you know, you better figure out a way to win some faceoffs because you know there's some there's some pretty good faceoff dudes that you're going to run into in the Patriot League, yeah. uh, you, you know, and so you, you've got to solve that. But at the same time, if you're Loyola and you had that possession disparity against you and you only gave up 11 goals and you held Maryland to 23 percent shooting, you got to feel pretty good about. And, and Luke Stout made 16 saves. You got to feel pretty good about your defensive effort. I mean, you basically uh, didn't have your offense on the field enough to give those guys much of a chance, and and that end of the field didn't play well when they did get a chance. But defensively, I don't think Loyola walks away from that feeling terrible about about how it performed down there. It's like I think that's all of that is fair. Um, do we know yet how legit Syracuse is, or is that to be determined on Saturday? I, I think we're going to learn that on Saturday. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't think Vermont, Colgate, yeah. Manhattan probably gives you that much of a barometer. I can tell you that when I saw them late last season, um, you know those freshmen were almost a full year in. I saw them in mid-April against North Carolina, and the sense that I got watching them was that there's a little bit of that old Syracuse back where. You know, they were in a tight game in the last minute. And, and all the, for all those years, Syracuse in that kind of game was like, yeah, we got this. 
there was always a little bit of that where you just knew they were super comfortable in that spot. And they've obviously augmented their roster with a bunch of uh, transfers this season to go along with all those young guys that got a ton of playing time last year. I'm inclined to think that this is a year that Syracuse makes a jump again. They went from four and 10 to 500 last year, but they beat Princeton and Carolina in the back half of the season. They were, they were a nuisance to good teams. I think this year they're a team that's capable of being a quarter finalist, certainly returning to the tournament. Uh, and, and I think their talent level at both ends of the field is higher than it's probably been in the last four or five years. I think it's. Um, I think that they are obviously exciting for a bunch of different reasons, and you know, one of the most talented young players or most exciting young players, and it's Syracuse lacrosse. I, I'm really glad this one's on TV, right? For the sport, I'm really glad that this one is on TV, and that uh, more of the country is going to be able to see it on Saturday. Anything else that jumped out at you over the weekend? Obviously, Hopkins uh, gets a good win. I don't know if we're learning maybe something about Georgetown because of the first two weeks. Anything else that jumped yeah, out? Yeah, I mean, at you? George, Georgetown's pretty new as well, yeah. and so you know, you know, to play a t- to play a two goal game there. I mean, I, I felt like that was about right. Frankly, there weren't exactly a ton of surprises yeah. this weekend. This was. Um, you know, Penn State bounced back from its loss to Colgate and, and handled Villanova pretty easily. Um, you know, McCabe Millen had five goals in his debut for Virginia as they swamped Michigan 19-11. to 11. But it wasn't a week where there was a whole lot of movement in one direction or another. So uh, this, was, this was very much a treading water kind of weekend. And even, you know, like you mentioned, I mentioned Michigan losing at Virginia, Loyola losing at Maryland. I mean, those were ranked teams that lost, but... Was it really that surprising right. that those teams lost in those scenarios? Not really. So uh, I think we'll learn a little bit more, especially with the Ivies opening up play this weekend. And, of course, UMBC opens their season this weekend as well. All right, let's play our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams this particular player has played for or managed? And I got a reminder after he was on our show last week that I've never used this since we started doing managers, so... I, it seems like a layup to me, but I'll go ahead and toss out five teams for Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter. So Buck Showalter was the manager of the Yankees from like 92 to 95. Yes and yes. And then he was the Diamondbacks manager from 98 to 2000. Of course, from their inception until the year before they won the World Series. And then I think... Texas from 01 to 04, was so it? So I would have gotten this wrong as well. It was not an immediate jump to Texas. It was okay. 03 to 06 for Texas. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously Baltimore from, what, 11 to, was it 18? It, it, remember, he showed up in the middle of the 2010 season. It was the 10 season, yeah, okay. He showed up in, I, I, well, maybe it was August. Maybe it was right, right to say the middle but yes, until 2018. Yeah, that was, that was yeah. the Juan Samuel in the middle here, yes, right? Yes, yes. And then the Mets in 22 and 23. There you go. There you go. That's Buck Walter. Now, on to a couple of players. Admittedly, tricky. Uh, I did my best here for the five-team guy, someone who was a two-time All-Star, once led the league in saves, uh, is recognized in one of these his team's ring of honors, but I will tell you, I would have only gotten three for Bob Wickman. Bob Wickman. Um, so Bob Wickman was a 
Yankee for sure. Most certainly. At the start. Um, he was a Cleveland Indian. He, uh, two different stints in Cleveland. Yes. He was a Milwaukee Brewer where he was an all-star. And he was recognized on their wall of honor. Okay. And, uh, and it should be noted that um, the only time I went to County Stadium, I made a trip out there, um, it was Bob Wickman All-Star Poster Night. Hey. He was traded the day before. Ah. He was traded the day before to Atlanta. There, so that's how you know. Well done. Well done. So, that, yeah. so that's four. And, you know, the fifth one, I, I got to admit, I'm, I'm a little lost on, on the fifth one. But I'll, I'll go ahead and do what I normally do and say the Dodgers. Uh, uh, very, very smart, but it was actually the Diamondbacks. <laughs> the Diamondbacks okay. was the final stop for Bob Wickman in 2007. And then uh, a little bit more recent, I believe he is unemployed at the moment. I will double-check that. Yeah, still a free agent, and we'll see uh, if he continues. Also, oh, apparently it's five teams. I did not realize. Okay, five teams for a two-time All-Star and a World Series champion. Johnny Cueto is the other name. Johnny Cueto. Okay, well, Johnny Cueto was definitely in Cincinnati. Obviously the bulk. Um, he was in San Francisco. Uh, the, the rest of the bulk. So now you've got nothing but one-year stops. If, uh, at uh, that. Am, I thinking, am I thinking he was in Miami for a minute? That was Last season, he was in Miami. Was he in Kansas City for a minute? He was a trade deadline acquisition of the Royals and I think uh, won his World Series with the Royals. Yes, won a World Series okay. with the Royals in 15. Uh, so, You're so missing I have where only... he was two years ago, and it's understandable because they, they were worth missing. Um, well, if if they were worth missing two years ago, there's, there's only so many serious candidates, but I'll throw the Tigers out of that. Not the Tigers, but the right division. Okay. So he would have been with the White Sox. The White Sox. Exactly right. That's where Johnny Cueto was two years ago. All right, sir. What's the schedule look like for you this week? Uh, George Washington, George Mason tonight, uh, Navy and American tomorrow in Annapolis. Um, and then Friday, Villanova, Georgetown Saturday, uh, is still to be sorted out completely, but definitely will include, uh, Maryland and Illinois down in college park. Very good. At discourse D one S course on Twitter is how you follow him. Patrick Stevens. Always appreciate you, sir. We'll talk again next Tuesday. Awesome. Glenn. Take care. Patrick Stevens with us every Tuesday here on GCR uh, as we do our college basketball, college lacrosse. It is a bummer that like Maryland Syracuse lacrosse is on TV, but it's the same time as Maryland basketball. But why, why, is it a bummer? Why, yeah. why? Why? Just why? Although in fairness, Illinois is like the one team they beat this year, so like maybe they could win that. What game. time? What time did they play? I think it's five thirty oh, okay. for basketball, six o'clock for lacrosse. Okay, if I remember correctly. I mean, if I were you. <laughs> Don't waste your why, – why do that to yourself? Like, be a good appetizer for uh, for the UFC pay-per-view. I don't know. All right. I think that's that's a that's big week work. for you. Are we doing fighting words on yeah, Thursday? Yeah, I plan on it. Is that okay? All right. Well, the, the Tyson Fury fight isn't happening, right? Correct. That one's – Yeah. That one's not so – yeah, that's so kind of a bummer. It is going to be a really bummer. big fight weekend. It was. But, um, and then did I see somewhere that, like, John Jones said he got offered the UFC 300 main event and he wasn't going to be ready – and so now everybody's realizing that the UFC has nothing. Because haven't they been, like, talking out well, of their so ass here's like they the th- have? Yes, they have been, which like, is, which like, is weird. Like, it's going to be the greatest fight card ever, and, so like, they don't even all, know what it is. It, it is going to be the greatest fight card anyway. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm so sure. Uh, well, I mean, greatest is, you know, w- w- whatever you mean. But, but like, 
it's already loaded with like really great fights. Like it's you know there's not necessarily the you know the Conor McGregor or the John Jones. Well, I think that's, that's the problem is that like it's for you and they want it to be for everyone. everyone. Yeah, I, well. I mean, yeah, I guess they're just going to, like, maybe there's a chance Izzy still comes out, and maybe he fights Drake's okay. Dupl- Duplessis. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it, I mean, we're getting closer and closer. And um, where is three? Is that the... Where yeah, it'll be in Vegas. But it's not the one at the Sphere, right? Like, no, 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 no. When are they doing... They haven't... Yeah, he wants to do that. it on Mexican Independence Day, I think, is uh, is everything that Dana has... And whenever he's talked in an interview, that is when he, he wants to do it. Um, which is is that the Cinco September? de Mayo? No. Like, what am I? What am I missing? There? I don't. I don't know what Mexican Independence Day is. So yeah, go ahead. So tell me, I'm a terrible person. Um. Yeah. You're a, you're a terrible person. Yeah. It's September. Yeah. Because because okay. that was what they did uh, last like last. And they just they had did, a whole like, card. They did like a UFC Noche thing. Was what they did, and uh, okay. it was a bunch of yeah, a bunch of Mexican fighters. But the problem, yeah, but they did it in. Well, did, no. Where did they do that? I think they did. It in, I think they still did it in Vegas. Um. But yeah, they, I don't really they, know how I'd feel about. They are doing a Mexico City card coming up, but I don't know uh, how I'd feel about like because the idea of the sphere is that like the the right the, right yeah the I imaging don't know. matters, and I just don't really know that like I want that for a fight. Yeah, well, I mean, like watch well, like people that are there. I just don't I, I know. Guess that, figure like what what do I what would I want? But Dana's on been that? like, oh, since oh, I, I knew about this thing, I know, I know. Uh, we, yeah, we, but, we're but gonna fight guy, there. That man talks out of his ass more than anybody on the face of the planet. Yeah, he does. I mean, yes. for God's sakes, hey. I'm sick I saw of the, the NA, did you see the story? This is a true story from last week. The the NHL draft is at the sphere this year. Which again, just I, oh. fine. And it might get them a little bit of attention because everybody's excited about the sphere, but I don't know how you make the draft. Like, what are you putting on that screen that that adds to the draft? I just I think the idea of the concerts work because you're matching the audio with the visual, right? Like, and it's yeah. it's a it's an immersive experience. I don't know how you do that for the draft. I just don't know how you make that something more, and how that translates on television or anything like. I that. mean, I guess this was this. I don't know what the is this just the point of the sphere, like the the sphere, like you know, people now people just want to start right because you know, holding events just there, say even spe- though if you just say sphere, they're like, oh yeah, ooh. right, like it's become that thing. Like, yeah. Whoa. So, okay. so, I mean, for us, there it's rep- not going to change anything. No, I, 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 well, like, like watching at home, like it's not going to change. But, but, but you and I aren't going to watch the NHL. They could do the NHL draft. It, when is the I'm on like, a polar ice cap, and we wouldn't watch it? <laughs> well, they could do the NHL draft from a, a thousand feet underwater, and we wouldn't watch. Like we're not. We're just never going to watch the NHL draft. Do like a steel cage match. The, the whoever's the last man sur- surviving is number one overall pick. So, um, the Rangers. I don't. I don't know all the details of this because again, I, this is like the thing that we just did with the NBA. I don't. You want to do the hockey players? <laughs> zero. I don't know that there's six players. Alexander's play. Ovechkin. I might be able to get that one. So, the Rangers apparently have been told they're not by stupid James Dolan that they're not allowed to trade their draft pick because Madison Square Garden owns the Sphere. And he oh. it will not allow them to not be involved with the draft at the sphere. It's so stupid. You can't put it into words. Like, it's so... Um, and again, I don't know any of the right, details exactly, of like, like what trade they could make and like how, what would, would they have a chance at winning like, the Stanley Cup. Why wouldn't you Cup? want the number I, one pick? I'm yeah. not going to pretend like I know anything about 
the NHL to be able to have a comment on it other than to know it, and by the way on the list of James Dolan's crimes my god it's you know it, it's I, it doesn't come near the top but James Dolan saying you can't trade the draft pick because I own the sphere and I want the Rangers promoted at the sphere is chef's kiss of bat essery like just the height of awful insane stupidity from the owner of those teams god bless y'all up there that still care about them well, hopefully they god get a hopefully they get a good, good guy good guy there number one such an amazing story um yeah, well, yeah, John Jones isn't going to fight. Well, so there was, like, a video of him, like, wrestling. He was wrestling somebody, like, just kind of, like, you know, like, messing around. And then so, so somebody, so people were like, what what the heck? John can't fight. Uh, he can't fight, you know, in, in two months, but he but he can wrestle around with, you know, fool around with some people. Mm-hmm. And, he, and then Tom Aspinall, the current heavyweight champ, yeah. he posted on his Instagram story of him, like, booking flights from London to Vegas. And, uh, and so during the week of UFC 300, so everyone was like, oh. But oh, but so this was so that was what he did. He put the the emoji like that Easter Island head emoji, which okay. is like the emoji everyone uses for for Alex Alex Pajera, the light heavyweight champion. Sure, because he because he's, he's got this. I'll like, just nod stone politely face. like any of this means. Do something. Should we do a uh, fighting words like, now? Sure, Griffin. This definitely is a thing because he's got that like really like stone look facing that stone look face. So so that everyone's like, oh, so maybe it'll be Alex. Pajera will move up to heavyweight uh, or something to fight, fight Tom, Tom Aspinall, uh, which again... It, it wouldn't be nothing, but right, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't get a, a casual, get no you. casual person yeah. going to care. But, I mean, at this point, by the way, it won't surprise me one bit when this uh, scandal in the WWE allows Dana White to say, eh, well, Brock Lesnar come. It won't surprise me one bit How when he Brock says, oh, he might have been involved in human trafficking. That's my guy. Come on over here. Save me. Save me. I won't. I won't even be a tenth of an ounce surprised. Forty-six. He would. Uh, I mean, like what? So he'll fight it. He'll fight Tom I mean, Aspinall. Didn't, didn't Frank Mir fight into his forties? Didn't another guy? Uh, yeah, fight? yeah. Plenty of guys have fought, fought into fight their forties. I mean, forty-six is pushing it. Yeah, 46. that's that's pushing it. I, I don't think he would fight Aspinall. I think they just they, they just put him on the. It card. would just be the sake of having Brock Lesnar on the card. Frank Mir. Yeah. I mean, he's done it before. Didn't Frank Mir beat him? Or did he, he, he beat Frank Mir, right? He, did they that fight twice? First? Oh, maybe. Maybe they, they fought they twice. They might have fought twice. They um, might have fought twice. Now I do, no, do want to know. That was back when I still cared about the sport. That was back when it, it still interested me. And then, you know, Dana White did everything in his power to make sure that didn't continue. It was like, oh, oh, that thing where lots of people, I would rather just have this very small group of people. That would I would prefer that significantly. Yeah, he, he, he lost to him first, and then he beat him again. Then he beat him. Yeah. Was one of them a title? Uh, they both. Oh, uh, the second one was. Yeah, the second one where he beat him. That yes. was where. That's what he. Yeah, his wear. first UFC. His, so, yeah, his first UFC fight, his second MMA fight, was against Frank Mir. Yeah, totally. And again, I, that wasn't the moment where I said to myself, maybe this isn't legitimate. But he did win, and he won the belt, right? Like, so I can't. It's a whole thing. Um. All right. Yeah, he did win the belt. He did. Exactly. That happened. I can't. And, uh, I don't. I don't know what to say about that. He last fought in 2016 against Mark Hunt. Oh, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. When did he? Yeah. So he beat him, or it was uh, overturned. Oh, he won a UD. He won a unanimous decision, and then it was overturned because he was doing steroids. He had a close clomiphene. He was doing steroids. Let's, let's be oh, honest. Have you seen Brock Lesnar? He was doing steroids. For God's sakes. Oh, we don't know what clomiphene. I mean, we Maybe just, it was medical. 
allegedly, whatever you want to do in order to protect. I don't think we're going to get sued, but like, let's uh, just, just, you, you, oh my he God. was probably Oh my God, you steroids. might be right, because they pulled him out to fight Mark Hunt for UFC 200. Yeah. The, oh, Griffin. This is, Brock Lesnar showing up on a report about sex trafficking, Dana White was was fapping over it. Like, Dana White was saying to himself, well, I have no scruples. Like, I have no morals. No, like, a 1,000% he was thinking to himself, this might save me. This this might be my moment. And he doesn't care if Brock Lesnar's using steroids. My God. Like, he doesn't care. So what if they overturn the fight again? It's it's irrelevant. They just want to have him show up. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I hope, but I don't care either. Like this is the. I great, wish I could say the good news without for me a shadow is, of a doubt. I wish I could say the good news it won't for happen. me is doesn't affect me in any way. My life is good no matter what. Are right, we got to take a break? We're two breaks um, behind. Yeah, I guess we do. Let's grab a break. When we come back in, I don't even know what we're doing. We sh- this is where we should have done the stupid NBA thing. Yeah. This is where we should have done that. Uh, I do have some other things I want to get to this morning. Today's show brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. Griffin, what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel? Sports and social, the place to be to watch your favorite sports. Uh, if you're a big college basketball fan, uh, their 100-foot media wall uh, should be right up your alley because Live Casino and Hotel Maryland features an on-site fan location, and it is, of course, the ultimate spot to watch your favorite games on that said 100-foot media wall. Order up your favorite game day bites, take a sip, from the signature crushes and extensive beer selections, all just steps away from the FanDuel Sportsbook. So watch, wager, and win at Sports and Social at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Adirondo Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's warm and dry outside and the schools are closed. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Costas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. Fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Discover your next favorite beer crafted in the heart of Charm City. At Guilford Hall Brewery, we believe beer should be flavorful and easy to enjoy. Our meticulously crafted lagers and ales are derived from centuries-old European brewing traditions, a staple 
for both the seasoned beer aficionado or a novice hophead. Experience beer styles that dare to showcase the exceptionality of simplicity. Visit our restaurant and brewery at 1611 Guilford Avenue or view our menu and tap map online at guilfordhall.com. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and the Orioles as our Team of the Year. With Stan the Fan Charles and Glenn Clark sitting down with Hyde to discuss his role in creating the culture that defined the Orioles' magic season. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Terps, and O's at PressBoxOnline.com. Contrary to what some people believe, I actually like this guy when he sleeps. Glenn Clark, talking sports. Scratch Jorge Soler off the list of Orioles options overnight. He signed a three-year deal with the San Francisco Giants, so no longer on the table as a potential pop bat if you think the Orioles could still use one of those. And as I, I brought the... Would you have paid that much? I don't even remember what the number it was. It was 14 was mil it? a year. 43 years, 42 doesn't million. seem... I mean, like, how so old... We, we did this. Jorge Soler is like, what, 33? Is that what we figured that out? I thought he was 34. 34? I thought it was 33. Um, Yeah, I probably would. I probably would have paid oh, that amount. What? 31. 31. Jeez. Yep. I think I'm good with that number. Bellinger's asking for, what, like 19, 20 a year? The, I, this think. really... The the real issue here is somebody's going to say, well, where are these at bats coming from, right? Like, where where are you getting? Like, you're, you want to add a pop bat, fine, but without trading any of these guys away, if you're just signing a free agent, you already have Santander, you already have Mountcastle. I I I you know somebody would say Ryan O'Hearn is the guy that can be the odd man out, but like he was a significant part of your team a year ago. You already have Ryan O'Hearn. You already have Kerstad. Yeah, I don't know where that was. Those happy happy birthday yesterday. Oh, yesterday was Heston Kerstad's birthday. Happy birthday, Heston Kerstad. Um, Austin Hayes in left field. And you got to find somewhere for Colton Kowser to get at bats. So he might have to play some corner outfield as well. Ramon Arias is still on the team. Although, again, I get it kind of goes into the do you care, but... It's it's what it is. You're going to want to find – if he's going to be on the team, he's probably going to play. So the argument is all of these dudes, where where would the at-bats come from for you to go out and sign a power bat? Now, my answer would be that's what you call a good problem to have. That's how you address that. You say – It's called figure it out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you have a manager, figure it out. And if the answer is, again, I can scratch – Scratch Ramon Arias off the list. I and I was a number one Ramon Arias fan. Everybody knows that about me. Until I looked at the advanced numbers and I said, "Wow, I'm stupid." So the first answer is I can scratch one guy off the list immediately. Love the guy. God bless him. See if you can't get a bag of balls for Ramon Arias, right? And if you can't, it's what it is. We'll survive. He'll 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 beat us when he's on the Rockies or something. Probably will. Yeah. Probably will. And that'll suck. But it's the Rockies. So. But, right. 
<laughs> yeah, it's way better that it's the Rockies than if it was a, a team we actually cared about. So that's the first way that I go about addressing that issue is I say, well, there's I've eliminated one. There's one less guy that I have to worry about finding at bats for. Um, the next way that I go about doing it, I guess Kyle Stowers would have to go into this conversation as well, although I feel like he's closer to the unfortunately kind of don't care the next way I go about doing it is doing the thing that we had talked about with the previous ownership, which was at some point it's okay to be coming and going. You're, I'm trying to remember who wrote the piece this way. I think it was Kylie McDaniel's piece looking at the um, top farm systems at ESPN.com. Kylie McDaniel referenced the fact that the Orioles are number one, but they're clearly on the downswing. Because once Jackson Holiday graduates from the prospect lists, they'll still have some top prospects, but they might not be number one anymore. God, I want to pull up this piece from Kylie McDaniel because he does he gives valuations monetarily to each of the farm systems when he does um Oh man, and it, and oh, it's gonna drive me nuts. Ah. What? What happened? No, I just want to find this to, to try to define. All right, yep, I got it. So, Kylie McDaniel assigns the Orioles as having a three hundred seventy-one million dollar farm system right now, which is the number one overall, with the number two being the Cubs. And the Cubs, oh, this isn't where I fall. God, ESPN, man, they could really, with all due respect, they could really do this better. No offense. I'm trying to, I want to find the piece that I was looking at last night, and I, of course, can't find that. Uh, but I, I just, I want them to have like a page that I could, like a landing spot for all of Kylie McDaniel's work that I can go to. Ah, uh, yes. That's, that's what I'm looking for. And they, of course, don't provide that for me. Farm system. Kyle McDaniel, farm system You're, rankings. Okay. Because I do like, uh, I, I, maybe this is it. Maybe this might be it. I might have found it. The yes. F- okay, thank you. Last year, 2023, he had them number one, but he had the system ranked at $466 million last year. This year, he has it at $371 million. So it's a significant drop-off, despite the fact that it's still number one, and number one by like $50 million over the Cubs, who are number two. And I get it. Like I don't know enough of what he goes, what he does on his grading system to pretend like his monetary value is Bible. But I also know that Kylie McDaniel knows a little bit more, and I believe that the system exists, that I can at least give it some amount of value. So the Orioles' system is on the downturn. Understandably so. The guys that made it the number one system went to the major leagues. Jackson Holiday is about to join them. The next prospects on the list, according to Kylie McDaniel, were obviously Mayo and Basayo, though I think he had Mayo 2, Basayo 3, whereas other people have had Basayo 2, Mayo 3. Like I think Keith Law has Basayo 2, Mayo 3, but he has Mayo 2 and and Basayo 3. And then after that, he's got... I have it. I have it. Go ahead. Kerstad four, uh, Kowser five, Enrique. Man, those Bradfield guys are both six. about to graduate too. Yeah. Those are the, and that's the top. Those are the six in the right. top. 100. And then it's Bradfield all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. So, it, the list starts getting thin 
the point that I would make is at some point you're going to have to, and they already did this a little bit with the Burns deal, but you might have to use what you have at the major league level to fortify your minor league system. And if you're looking to upgrade with a power bat somewhere, then the answer might be it's time to trade Santander. It's time to trade Cedric Mullins. If you're committed to Colton Kowser, if you're committed to Heston Kerstad, if you go out and sign... Where would Bellinger play if you go sign Bellinger? And I don't think the Orioles will. Like, I'd make that abundantly clear. Is he... I mean, he played center, he's played know, center field. I know, yeah. but is he still... Like, is that still where he's best suited? First base? Like... I don't know that he's... Yeah. I... I'm trying to think of what else he's played besides center field when he's not been playing center field. Um, I mean, like, you assume he can play the corners, like... He played 59 games at first base last year. Okay. So... But... Don't figure out second base and... No, because you got yeah, Westbrook's yeah, going to play. It's not going to... First base would be the an- would be the answer. Although Mountcastle's become a good it, defensive first base, unless you trade Santander, but, but or Santander or Mountcastle, like that. Yeah. My my point would be, if you're going to do this, then the answer is do both things: sign someone and trade someone. Trade Mountcastle, but trade him for prospects. Trade him to a team that, and when you say prospects, it's it's not you're not getting top prospects in a Mountcastle trade. You're getting guys, you're trying to say, I trust Mike Elias and his crew and their scouting, and I think they found something, and go find a live arm that might be your next Felix Batista. Go find a live arm that could be your next Cal Bradish. Go find the guy that could end up being a... You got to replenish the farm system now. Because you're assuming the Orioles aren't going to be drafting as high that it'll just be slam dunks every time. Which, as we pointed out, Gunnar Henderson wasn't either. So you're not, it's not like you're writing off their ability to find players later on, but it's not as obvious. It's not a slam dunk anymore. So I would do both. I wouldn't say that like it's too crowded to go acquire a Bellinger. I'm not as enamored with J.D. Martinez as some people are. Like, I would have preferred Soler over Martinez, for what it's worth. Um, I'm not opposed to Bellinger by any stretch of the imagination. Like, I'd go do it. I really would. I don't think I would commit to him as my center fielder, unless you know there's some great trade to be made with Mullins, unless you know there's some team that overvalues Cedric Mullins. And I can't fathom how that would be the case you know, given the injuries a, se- a season ago. I think Colton Kowser's probably your center fielder, but, you know, that still remains to be seen. If you want to go get Bellinger, go get Bellinger and then solve the problem. Like, that's... There being too many options, not enough at-bats, that's... You don't worry about where the at-bats for Cody Bellinger are coming from. You worry about where the at-bats are coming from for these other guys, and then you figure out if perhaps these other guys aren't trade chips for you. 
And I acknowledge you're not getting back Gunnar Henderson's in return. You're not getting back Jackson Holiday's in return. But you got to fortify the system entirely. So it's not the end of the world to me if you're trading away. If you go get Cody Bellinger and you say, well, the cost of that is maybe we got to trade away Anthony Santander. The bummer is, well, the lineup is better from a power with both of those guys in the lineup. But the reality is, it's either that or you're giving up. You're waving the white flag on one of the younger kids. Like, you're waving the white flag on, we just don't think there's ever going to be a path forward for Heston Kerstad. And if that's the case, you know, I would. You're not using. You you're get, not trading Heston Kerstad for prospects. Trade. You know, Heston Kerstad's who you're trading for major league talent on a bad team. And I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't. As we said before, you're not getting Emmanuel Classe for Heston Kerstad. But Kerstad and what else? I guess is Kerstad and what like a Santander or. And by the way, I didn't even have Mayo on this list of guys that we're talking about. These cor- corner infield, you know, and so that, so if they do nothing, is it the end of the world? Like if no, nothing it's not happens, the end of the world. It's not. And I would I would even say. My my issues are bullpen first, then power bat. Power bat to me was luxury. Power bat could still be an expiring contract in July if you just look up and say, boy, we could really use one more, one more thumper in the middle of the order. I, I would love... Cody Bellinger's a different argument, right? Cody Bellinger isn't just a power bat. Cody Bellinger is a... You're going and getting a baseball player when you go and get Cody Bellinger. Um, I. Although he is also a lefty, Cody Bell. God, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk myself into Cody Bellinger being like the throw, risk it all, like throw everything at Cody Bellinger. Because I mean, he does seem he does seem to. How old is Cody Bellinger? He's younger. Like yeah, I know, but um, is he is he thirty? Um, I want for some reason I wanted to say he's not yet. Uh, Cody Bellinger is twenty eight. And what's the what's the word on what he was looking for? I last I thought I thought it was nineteen twenty. But for how many years? Uh, good question. Good question. I I would assume what like probably three or four. Oh, I would think that he would or, or like yeah, a like five completely. I mean, I guess he could if he, you know maybe he says I still think I could get one more deal at thirty one if he's only twenty eight. Jesus, maybe he would be willing to do it because he thinks he can get one more deal at thirty one, but. I would think that he would want something longer term, or else why wouldn't what if all he wanted was three years and sixty uh, million bucks? Why would somebody have not signed Cody Bellinger by now? Like, come on, it's got to be because he's looking for a longer deal than that, right? He declined the he had a twenty five million dollar option for twenty twenty four with the Cubs, and he declined that. Okay, but that could just be in the interest of getting a long term deal, which speaks it, it, again. If that's why I think he could be looking for a longer term deal, right? Right. I, I don't know. I don't know, but Cody Bellinger makes a whole lot of sense. I do understand that the Orioles have a lot of internal options they believe could solve this problem. And if they fully believe in both Heston Kerstad and Kobe Mayo as being major league power bats, then they they just don't think that it's the problem that you think that it is. I think that it is. I, bullpen to me is the big that's the big thing I keep feeling like I'm more concerned about it than everybody else is and I can't figure if that's because I'm too concerned or everybody else isn't concerned enough like I'm I'm really 
re- getting the reminder that they won 31 run games a year ago. As I look at like the Pakoda projections, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I understand why we think it's unfair that the number would be 87. Like that's an absurd thought process that the team's going to drop that much. But, like but nat- I get it. Natural regression. 31. Like... It's a little bit natural regression. It's 31 run wins because Felix Batista was untouchable. Untouchable for the most part. Craig Kimbrell ain't untouchable. And it's a mix. Some people are nervous about Craig Kimbrell because you can't use him as much as you use Felix Batista. I'm nervous about Craig Kimbrell because even when you use Craig Kimbrell, I'm not sure what he is at this point. So I acknowledge I am more concerned about the bullpen than I am about this. And I also think that I'm more concerned about the bullpen than the average person is. Like I think the average person is like, well, they'll figure it out. I I hear you, and they might. As we bring up, could could Dylan Tate regain? The, if Dylan Tate, by the way, regained his 2022 form, there's an argument yeah. that he would be the better option to be the the closer. I mean, they didn't they signed Kerry Kimbrell, so he's gonna be the closer. But remember, when they signed him, I was like, okay, but what are you doing about closer? Like, I didn't like the idea of Craig Kimbrell just being the guy. It seemed like the thing you did because you don't want it to be awkward with Felix Batista the following year. Like, this is definitely, here's our closer just for this year. I would be more inclined to find one of these live arms and tell him, you get to be the closer, and then we'll we'll figure it out a year from now. Again. Phrase of the day. Just- the good problem to have. Too many players. You, you can't find a bats for it, all, of, all of them. Good problem. You know what's a real problem? Not having one. That's a real problem. This is a make-believe problem. Well, there's too many. What? Well, it's going to be awkward because we're going to have, if Dylan Tate was the closer and was awesome this year, then you'd have a closer problem. No, you wouldn't. You'd be winning you'd, baseball games. You'd presumably. have the opposite of that the following year. You'd have two closers, which is two more than some teams will have. These aren't real problems. These are problems we make up in our mind. Well, there's too many. There's too many good players. There's too many guys you want to get at bats for. Okay. I pray that's the case. I pray it to be true. That ain't the reason why I wouldn't go go get Cody Bellinger. J.D. Martinez, I could make more of an argument for. So, like, so the one report I was able to find. So, uh, yeah. Mark Feinstein back in December said that Bellinger. He thinks Bellinger is looking for like a two hundred million dollar contract. So however I mean, long that would be, you know, and I mean that smells like eight years, twenty five million per. Right. That's um, what that smells like. So in that, if that's the case, like the Orioles aren't gonna do that. Well, you say that we don't. Uh, we have no idea. Uh, we would rather have Gunner Adley. I agree with that. Holiday is the question. Can they do all of that? I. I we don't know. Don't, that's I, the. We have no idea. I still think it's unlikely. I sure. I'm fine with saying it's unlikely. Uh, to me, I think the only scenario where Bellinger. Also, keep in mind they might already have answers for this. Is the part we don't want to talk about. If they've already approached Adley Rutschman's, if David Rubenstein and taking over said, "Tell me what the reality is on doing an extension with Adley Rutschman," and they went to Adley Rutschman's camp and Rutschman said, "No, we're a year away from arbitration. We already got money when we signed." We don't need to do this. We're not signing. That's the part that nobody can say out loud. 
nobody wants to say because then it creates friction between you and the players that are on your team that you're trying to go win with. Nobody wants to say, guys, they said flat out no to us. I was even surprised, frankly, in that the one interview that Corbin Burns did that he was as direct as he was. Normally, players don't want to do that either. He apparently had said it before. So he was like, I don't feel like I'm saying anything I haven't said before. Normally, players would be like, yeah, I mean, I'd definitely be interested in sticking. They just, because it's the right thing to say. You don't want to go somewhere and be like, hey, yeah, I'm here, but I'm here for a good time, not for a long time. You don't want to create that awkwardness. I appreciated you know, the honesty that Corbin Burns gave. But it's also plausible why you say, well, I wouldn't want them to spend that money because I would rather them spend it on the guys that you have. Totally understood. The problem being, what if you can't? And we don't want to think about that. We don't like that. But what if they've already approached Scott Boris, you know, after they called him to say, hey, we're, tra- we're dealing for, you're trading for your guy. Hey, by the way, have you, uh, you changed your mind about, you know, Gunner and, and Jackson Holiday? And he was like, Nah, Chief. I I want him to get to the open market. You got to pay him $500 million or else we're not signing. And then the Orioles said, well, if we can't spend the money there, spend it on someone else. And it's still going to be tough for me to be excited about a $200 million Bellinger contract because then, that, then that's going to make me think, yeah, then it seems that much more less likely that Gunner... I, I completely understand. I this Part of this is we just don't have any answers yet on what David Rubenstein is going to be as an owner. And he can't talk until it's official Mm -hmm. and even when he does he'll probably be measured he's not going to come out and say i'm going to spend a billion dollars on baseball players today like he's not going to do that could Uh, you literally could it'd be awesome (laughs) yeah right which is weird spend a billion dollars and be like and yep i got lots more everything's fine here nothing to worry about i feel like the only way he, unless he's like he wants to, he wants to chase a title and there's no long term market out there for Cody Bellinger so he signs yeah like a 25 26 27 million one year contract with the Orioles right yeah i don't know i don't know man i i don't know if that's look i don't think it's likely no matter what i would think yeah. if if like i you know we're days away from spring training starting if that's where the market was i feel like he probably would have gone ahead and taken that deal from somebody today I I am I really am in a weird place because we it's one of those we don't know as much as we want to know. How would I react to the Orioles signing Cody Bellinger? I don't think I'd react the way that you would. I think my if they signed Cody Bellinger I mean, eight years two hundred million dollars, they say giddy up, like let's go. I I would worry about those other things when you worry about them. I, again, you'd want to know those answers. Did you do that because you tried to sign the other guys and they weren't interested? Said no, yeah. Well then. Try to maximize the years that you have this nucleus together. It was funny because I don't know what the context was, but somebody brought up to me the... Remember the... They were, at the time, the Indians, now the Guardians, were a game away from winning the World Series. If I remember right, had a lead laid against the Cubs. and We all know it went to extra innings in Game 7. But if I remember right, had a lead. Like, they were this close to winning the World Series. What was the nucleus of that team? Lindor. Lindor, right? Yeah. Um, Keep going. I, I mean, like, Rajay Davis was on that team. Like, but that certainly, I don't think it that counted was, as the, the, the new Corey Kluber and... The pitching, obviously, yeah. was significant on that team. Um, but go back. Look at the 2016 Cleveland Guardians. This is, this is now eight years ago, to be fair, right? Like, it is... We are getting distance on this. But it was Oh, eight, was Jose Ramirez on that team? Uh, I believe he was. I believe he was. 
Um, yeah, Jose Ramirez was on that okay. team. Uh, Lindor Kipnis was part of the nucleus of that team, right? I feel like he was an Oriole killer. Uh, he was. <laughs> uh, Carlos Santana was part of the nucleus of that team. And then, as you brought up the pitching, Kluber, Bauer, Carrasco, uh, Josh Tomlin. Pitching was part of the nucleus of that team. But at the time, <laughs> you came up one game short of winning the World Series. And I'm going to guess that in Cleveland... Tommy Hunter was on that team? I didn't remember that. I'm going to guess that in Cleveland, they felt like the window was only opening, right? Like, that they felt the same way. We talk about it with the Cubs all the time. The Cubs, we thought, were early when they won the World Series. As it turns out, it was their best chance. That was a comparison we made to the Orioles a year ago. Like, in hindsight, you might look and say, this was the best chance. In Cleveland, they didn't get the win one. And they absolutely had to feel like this was the start of something. Well, it's gone nowhere in the eight years since. They haven't lost all of that, but they've lost the majority of that. Is there anybody still left besides Ramirez? Mm, no, not really. Oh, by the way, Tommy Hunter started with the with Cleveland. He ended the se- season with the Orioles ah. that year. Just right, want to make sure right. I that. That's right, because he like showed up for a day. <laughs> And then he was back doing the beer celebration, holding 100 <laughs> beers again. I do Carlos remember Carlos Carrasco that. is still, or no, he's with the Mets now. Or at least he was. Yeah, that's... That's it, yeah. right? Jose Ramirez is it. So it's a reminder of these windows might be small. So if the answer from David Rubenstein is, let's make sure we don't screw this up, then the answer might be, we're looking at this as we have a three-year window if we can't sign Adley. In three years, we got to start making tough decisions. So if in order to maximize that three-year window, Cody Bellinger is willing to take your $190 million, whatever it is, go do it. Like this is... I, we all want to believe that the Orioles are going to be good for the next decade and a half, but let's not kid ourselves the Astros are kind of the anomaly here most of these teams that do these things they get a five year run out of it the Astros look like they're set up for this to be a decade-ish of them capitalizing on what they did now they've been like they you know they had to part ways with guys in that process but they continued to have more to bring in and they had they were able to sign some of those guys like Jose Altuve was the guy that they were able to to nail down as the centerpiece. But Correa had to go. You know. And, uh, and they still got a hit on their, you know, like these guys coming up, like Valdez and yeah, Luis Garcia. Right. and Like 100%. But the Astros are the Jerry one Pena. team that yeah. look like they've been able to sustain after the Cubs weren't. They, they pay, were not able. Yeah. yeah, they paid Bregman too. So it wasn't just Altuve. Altuve and Bregman were the ones. Um, the Cubs weren't able to sustain it. The Guardians weren't able to sustain it. The Phillies, you know, you would say, but it required them signing Bryce Harper, right? Like, if they hadn't signed Bryce Harper, would we say the Phillies had sustained it? No, they got Trey Turner. Yeah, I mean, they went out and spent big money. It's not really about the rebuild necessarily anymore in Philadelphia. Now it's about, you know, acting like a big market club. I think they're post-rebuild any longer. I mean, Reese Hoskins is gone. Um, 
I don't know that you get when you do these re I don't know that the window is a decade typically. I would argue it's not. The decade if everything works out and if you're able to sign some players and I'm all for it. And again, I don't know how much David Rubenstein has been able to dive in and revisit these conversations just yet. Is but the window more realistically like the twelve to sixteen Orioles? If I had to guess. I mean, if I had to... Again, some of that is based on your ability to, to sign these core group of guys. And I don't know. I don't know what their signability is. Even if you could sign one of them, it would probably go a long way to extending it past five years. But I would be trying to capitalize on the now. Like, everything's in front of you now. I would be trying to capitalize that on on that immediately and then let them figure out if they can sign these guys. I, the first thing I would try to do is do the best thing you can to win a World Series. That would be my priority number one. Because if you win a World Series and these guys don't sign and move on elsewhere, you'll live. I, I, I'm sure the Cubs fans would have loved to have kept Chris Bryant around for longer, right? They got a World Series. Which one would you rather have, a World Series or Chris Bryant around for a long time? Yeah, come on. So that would be the first priority I would have. As much as we all say the first thing you should do is plant your flag and sign one of these guys, hear you, hear you. And given the difficulty of winning, like signing Cody Bellinger does not guarantee you winning a World Series. So that's the difficult part about this. But in general, I would try to do everything I can to win a World Series, figure out if you can sign these guys. And I would like to have already had a feel on that once I decided to take the team over. Like, I would have liked to have said, hey, what's the reality of those circumstances? Because if any of them were, I'd love to be here, the last ownership group just hadn't made me an offer, well, then let's go ahead and get that squared away today. Let's wait zero more days. Now, maybe David Rubenstein says, let's wait until the day after I take over so that I can be part of it and I can stand up there at the dais and you know, shake hands, but let's let's get that squared away. If that was the problem, was just that the last ownership group wasn't making the offer, let's figure that out. But if the problem was the signability of these guys, then maximize the time you have. And nobody wants to talk about it that way because we all want to believe that, you know, just sign these guys. Well, it's not that simple. We want it to be that simple. It's not that simple. So if it can't be done, just don't screw it up the way you did the last time. Maximize it. Corbin Burns, it's a good way to go about maximizing something. But it's one year. Spending money on a player, you don't have to give anything up, keep him around for longer than one year, it's another good way to go about maximizing something. All right, when we come back in, we'll get a tidbit and we'll get Tubular to wind down a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Hungry? With seven locations throughout Maryland, Glory Days Grill is always right around the corner. They have wings, burgers, salads, sandwiches, and drinks to satisfy everyone, as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone. Glory Days is the best place to watch football or whatever your favorite sport is. While you're there, be sure to check out Goose Flights Lager, named in honor of legendary Raven Tony Goose Siragusa. $2 of every can is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. 
Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Jeremy Kahn here. The ultimate sports betting experience in Maryland is at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook. Join me at either location in Canton or in Towson and place your bets in person and be a part of the action. It's the best in-class sports wagering experience complete with the ultimate TV package, ensuring you can catch every game all day, every day. Their state-of-the-art facilities bring Las Vegas energy right here to Maryland just in time for postseason football. So visit the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson and elevate your game day experience and hang out with me to bet, watch, and win at the Turtle. Coming back in here with Glenn and the other guy, uh, uh, Garrett, whatever his name is. You know who they are. Last few days, you get this print issue of Press Box. It is the best of issue. It's available at your neighborhood, Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. And you can read it all, pressboxonline.com slash best of. Uh, saw a couple things. One, it's official. Pearl Jam's coming back to Baltimore. There's been rumors about that. It was supposed to happen. I think the pandemic postponed it, and then... The arena construction postponed it. I saw, I went with Brian Powell to see Pearl Jam at the arena the last time they were there, and I can't even remember what year that would have been. I don't know where I was working at the time. It was a long time ago at this point. Uh, but yeah, Pearl Jam coming back to Baltimore uh, in September. They'll be playing uh, downtown. Also, a U.S. soccer match coming to FedEx Field. Uh, I believe it's a friendly on June 8th against Colombia. I love. U.S. soccer, but asking me to go to FedEx Field is. That's the thing. If they were playing it at, like, the soccer stadium in D.C., I might be like, yeah, I'm down for that, although it would be harder to get a ticket. Um, I went to a U World Cup qualifier once at RFK. Dang, this, is, this is how effed up this when, is. When did RFK I'd stop? Rather, I'd rather go to RFK than <laughs> FedEx Field. I'd rather go to RFK today. I think they're tearing it down. I think they already started ripping it down at this point. When I'd did still they stop go. playing games there? Like, just anything. Uh, well, I was doing United games until 16, I want to say. Oh, okay. I 
Leeds think it was yeah, when I, I okay. stopped doing United games. I did like three years of just being the fill-in. I wasn't the like whenever uh, uh, Pete and Joe were off doing Navy football, they were like, "Hey, man." Um. So when did I, it was uh, the new stadium opened right before the pandemic? Right, I think the new stadium opened. 2019, 20, maybe 2020. I don't, I don't know. The um, DC United played there until 17. All right, so mm-hmm. they played there until 17. That was the last. But when would I have seen the? When was the U.S. Uh, uh, hang on, U.S. Soccer World Cup qualifying? This might have been 09 qualifying RFK Stadium. I, and I believe qualify. I believe the bummer was that they had already qualified the uh. match before, and it was the last match of qualifying. And so there was nothing really. So the stadium was like largely empty because they'd already qualified. And it ended up being a hell of a match. And like the U.S. scored in like the 90 something minute. It's going to drive me nuts. It's going to drive me crazy. Uh, uh, Honduras, maybe? Was that what it was? Nope. Whatever. Um, I tried. Somewhere see. around 09 or so would have been when I. All right, I went. I definitely went to a qualifier. Wikipedia is great. Uh, September? No, Uh, it's not listed here. I don't see it listed here. Uh, September sounds right, though. By the way, it was. Well, it was was like it was the fall. It was definitely in the fall. Um, Hang on, I got nothing. I got (laughs) nothing. It wasn't on. It wasn't. That was the game in '01. Gold Cup in '11. No. World Cup qualifiers. No, it wasn't a gold cup. It was a qualifier. I just think they had already qualified. Well, they hosted um, the uh, MLS All-Star game in 04. Who cares? You're not helping me. I, I, I can't find it. God damn it, Griffin. I don't think you went. I definitely was there. <laughs> I, only time I think I've ever been to a World Cup qualifier, if I remember correctly. Uh, Why is it not coming up with this? Thanks a lot, Wikipedia. Let's see. Thanks for nothing. I'm trying to get to soccer. Soccer. Here we go. I'm in soccer. Uh, 2000. Give me, advance me forward. 2000. No, they don't. Apparently, don't remember it either. All right. Let's. See. I got nothing. Let's see who... I got nothing. Let's see if we can pull the 2009. Whatever. In I a saw soccer. it there. But I don't know. If it was 09. It could have been 10. I think it was. Two... When was the world? Okay. Hang on. We could do this math. <laughs> what year was the World Cup? 2010. So then it would have had to have been in 2009, right? Yeah, that would make sense. World Cup qualifying. USMNT. Hon- mm. 2009 in American soccer. Pretty good, right? We're, we're, we're getting this. Uh, That's what I'm looking at, too. We're get- oh, Washington, D.C., yeah, uh, Costa October. Rica, October 14th. But where? Bam! At RFK Stadium. Oh, it's, uh, okay, yeah. Yes! You were one of 26,200. I'm telling you, they had already qualified, so it didn't matter anymore. It was a thriller. And they got a late goal. I don't yeah, remember exactly. Yeah, U.S. scored a late goal. Where, yeah, you're right. Uh, it was in, in the, the 95th minute. I almost nailed this. We took a uh, we took a the old radio station did a bus trip to that game, ah. and it was the only qualifier I've ever been to. And it, I was bummed. I was really bummed that it didn't matter. Like that part was a huge bummer. I mean, I was relieved because you didn't really you weren't stressed out, right? 100. percent But it was still awesome. It was still super cool, but it would have been cooler if there were 50,000 people there because it mattered. Like, that would have been cool. Uh, still, good time. But, yes, the U.S. will play in D. That was a really long way of me saying the U.S. is going to play at FedEx Field. 
It was a really long way of saying Pearl uh, Pearl Jam is bad. Well, it started with that, and then it went to the FedEx Field thing. (laughs) And asking me to go to FedEx Field for anything is is like asking you to bridge too far. It's build a house. (laughs) Awful. It is such an awful experience. It is, I mean, hell. I'm trying to think of what it would take for me to go to a like if the World Cup was at FedEx Field. If the World, if the U.S. was playing Italy in a World Cup final, maybe. Maybe. How much are those tickets going to go for? A billion dollars. Only if they play Italy. Well, because I love Italy. Oh. Okay. It would actually be Why? very conflicting. Uh, my family's Italian. Okay. So <laughs> I would be very conflicted by... I wouldn't be. I would be rooting for the U.S., obviously, but... <sighs> That's difficult. That's difficult. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to go. I'd love to, to go to a U.S. match, but I don't think I'm going to... It's FedEx Field. God, why couldn't they play that in Baltimore? Get a Terry Hasseltine on the phone. Why? Why couldn't they have pushed that to Baltimore? Ah, gross. All right. Tidbit is brought to you today by. It's brought to you by Superbook. I don't think that we have any soccer bets that we can make with Superbook just right. Yeah, right. Champions League today. Oh yeah, there is Champions mm-hmm. League action today. I don't. I don't care. Yeah, I know. We can't really give any educated. Yeah, <laughs> have no no thoughts whatsoever. I also don't know because they have a list. Leipzig in um, Real Madrid. Yeah. That be a good one. Yeah, it should. Uh, Leipzig. For some reason, the Champions League bets are locked. Hmm. Don't know what that's all about. City plays Copenhagen. Yeah, I got nothing. I think they win that one. I got nothing. It's only minus 400. <laughs> but it's not available on Oh, Super it's Bowl. not available. Oh, okay. Would you stop? You when gotta, it unlocks. You got to learn. To stop giving other odds. We are Superbook. That's what we do. Right. If it's not on Superbook. I was just kidding. That was my estimation. It doesn't exist. That was my estimation. doesn't exist if it's not on Superbook. Um, so I mentioned before, Capitals. That number's come down. Maybe they heard me say it was too big. Number's down to six. It's not six and a half anymore. Mm. So now I'm all over it. Got to hit the over. I no thoughts whatsoever. I can't. I cannot pretend like I know anything about that. You know who's favored to win the NBA title right now? Who not, you think the not the Nuggets. Is? It's not the Nuggets. Not the Clippers. Not the Clippers. So it's got to be the and Celtics? and with a little bit of separation, the Boston Celtics plus two seventy five, followed by the Clippers and Nuggets at plus four fifty. The Bucks at six to one. The Suns at sixteen to one. The Thunder eighteen to one. So. You want some of that action, go well, to Superbook.com. we know it'll be the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. They do have a way. <laughs> Superbook.com, download the Superbook app, use the code GlennClark23. When you sign up, you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose, from Superbook. Uh, so this one I liked. Uh, Miko Hardman, he became only the second player in NFL history uh, to play for the Jets and score a touchdown in the Super Bowl in the same season. Who was the other one? Um, the other one would be Matt Snell. Oh, sure. Of the old New York Jets. Could have gotten that. Blake's dad. Yeah. No. No. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, he became the first ever player to have 75 and 75, 75 rushing and receiving yards, uh, 75 of each, in the Super Bowl. It was also his... Sure. I had it. His eighth... uh, Yes, his eighth career game of 75 and 75... I want to see if you can name all the guys that have had five such games. 75-75? Yes. There are seven, six more. Mar- Marshall Falk. Marshall, Ka- Marshall Marshall Falk wow. would be number one on the list. Yeah, I mean, it's always Marshall Falk. LaDainian Tomlinson. LaDainian Tomlinson, not 
on this list. He's just is, outside. There's a, several guys with four. He has four. That's very surprising. Um... Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell only had four. Okay. Uh, Chris Johnson. Not Chris Johnson. Maurice Jones-Drew. Not MJD. Brian Westbrook. Uh, not Brian Westbrook. This is going well. Yeah, they're all a little older. Not not that much older, but. These guys, I should know. I I thought so. Barry Sanders. Not Barry. He wasn't really a pass catcher. Walter Payton. Walter Payton had six such games. All right, maybe we'll just do like all the guys with six or more. There's one more in the top four here. One more in the top four. Yes. Sean Alexander. Not Sean Alexander. Jamal Charles. Not Jamal Charles. Warwick Dunn. Not Warwick Dunn. Edgar and James. Edgar and James, only four. Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor, four as well. FC. I guess I should have just named all the guys with exactly four. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, not in this one. Austin Eckler. Three for Kamara, not Eckler. Okay. Um... I'm going to ready for a hint. Go ahead. He was a former Raven. Oh, Priest. Priest, Priest. Holmes. Priest Holmes had nine. Falk, Holmes, McCaffrey, Payton. Guys with five. Ricky Waters. Eh, might have been able to get Ricky Roger Waters. Craig. Okay, Roger Craig makes sense. Chuck Foreman. I wasn't going to get Chuck Foreman. And there's one Raven that had four. There's another Raven that had Oh, Ray Rice. Ray Rice, yeah. yes. All right, very good. Uh, a trivia last night, uh, the one was, this is the annoying part when you're the sports person. Name the three guys that were just elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Ooh. Did you get it? Yes, of course I got Adrian it. Beltray. Yes. Oh, a Mauer? Yes. Uh, Big Todd Helton? Yes, correct. Those are the three. Uh, this uh, Hall of Fame shortstop was known as the Flying Dutchman. Ooh. In fairness, I didn't remember it first. It took me a second. Oh, man. The Flying Dutchman. Yeah. I guess I should know it. Yeah. Um, man, that's a great nickname. You don't know? I don't think I do. Is there any way I, like, with a hint I'd be able to get it? or? Uh, th- it was the same name as a composer <laughs> who composed the piece, The Flying Dutchman. I don't know. Who, I don't know who composed that. So, yeah. uh, Be- Be- Beethoven. No, it's a, <laughs> the shortstop, uh, Beethoven. A, a Wagner. And it was Honus Wagner. Oh, yeah, same okay. name. Uh, oh, that's a good nickname for him. And then I was reminded, we didn't get it in trivia last night, but I, I like this question. A school's college that produced both a Super Bowl winning quarterback and a president. Somebody posted that on Facebook last week, and I really like that one. I think it was four. Uh, it's five. Five colleges have produced both a Super Bowl winning quarterback and a United States president. I don't know where any of the presidents went to. They're asking for the school? Yes. Stanford. Stanford produced both uh, Herbert Hoover as well as John Elway and Jim Plunkett. Okay. Mm, Where where would these guys go to? Uh, Let's go with Alabama. 
Some of what president do you think went to the University of Alabama? Know. A lot of guys. No, no chance. Maybe Florida. No chance. No, you're you are thinking really low on your rungs of institutions. You'd start it off. They're hot all with really. Stanford. They're all really Maryland. <laughs> yeah, I know. I started off that. Stanford. Although in Stanford, fairness, Notre some Dame. Some Notre Dame. These, I gotta be honest with you. Actually, Notre Dame's a good guess. Never apparently never produced mm. a president. Although there haven't been a ton of Catholic presidents, so I guess that's not that surprising. Yeah. Um. Uh, let's go. One of them should be very UCLA. One of them should be overwhelmingly obvious, yeah, like yeah, overwhelmingly, uh, overwhelmingly. Texas, USC. No, no, no. Mm, Arizona. Not, no, I guess not Arizona. It's not not Arizona. Well. No, 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 scratch that well. one. Scratch that one. Not going well. Um, Boston College. <laughs> What are we just throwing out names of colleges at this point? <laughs> what are you basing this off of? Uh, are you considering who, what, what, like, base it off some information you have. Like, who won the last Super Bowl? Michigan. Michigan's a great guess. Yes. Michigan's, Tom Brady okay. and Gerald Ford, All right, of course, good, who good. played football at the good, University good, of good. Michigan. How about then uh, Texas Tech? I, I, I was at least hoping that you would start <laughs> guessing schools that you knew had produced Super Bowl champions. No. <laughs> Texas Tech certainly has not produced a president, but at least you're getting somewhere <laughs> with schools that have definitively produced <sighs> one or the other. Cal. No. Mm. Mm. Obviously Aaron Rodgers, but yeah. yes. Let's see here. Purdue. Nope. Yeah, Drew Brees, I get yeah, it. Yeah. Again, uh, you're, you're, you're getting there. You're at least... Um. Hmm. Where else do we want to go with this? Delaware. <laughs> De- Thank you. I don't know why this took so long. Oh yeah. Okay. Holy that was pretty F. obvious. You're right. That Delaware. was the one. Yeah, that is a good one. <laughs> so Delaware, Michigan. You got Delaware, uh, Michigan, uh, and Stanford. Stanford. Another one. I would say should be obvious, but like I. Nothing's obvious with me. Well, clearly. <laughs> um. You figured out Delaware because of the local connection. I would tell you there's another local connection. But you really got to think about that. Another local. There's connection. another local connection. Mm, Miami. Uh, 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 technically, yes. Which Miami? Ohio. Miami of Ohio. That's not the local connection, obviously. <laughs> Miami of Ohio produced. Yeah, who went? Th- both Wait. Ben Roethlisberger, okay. of course, and. I actually don't remember which Harrison. I just saw Harrison. It's, I don't know if it's William Henry or Benjamin Harris. How many schools? You said there's four or five. There's a fifth one. Oh, there's man. a local connection to the fifth one. Local, strong, local connection. Strong, local connection. Uh, strong. I know. What am I missing here? Local connection. <sighs> really hard to be stronger. They won a Super Bowl. President and a Super Bowl. Almost impossible to be stronger. Uh, give me a second here. Oh God. So, so we're talking about like Trent Dilfer? No, or? not talking about like, Trent Dilfer. Like... Oh, uh, well, where did he go to oh, school? Oh God. I can't. You're not you're Louisville. Not, nope, not Kentucky. Louisville. Yes, John United did not. Did, you're right about Louisville. He went to Louisville, but did not. No. <sighs> so I, I, I guess it is so what, what, what am I missing I'm trying to figure out what I'm missing well, this school produced a president in Jimmy Carter 
and a Super Bowl winning quarterback in Roger Staubach? Because the answer is the closest college football program to where you're sitting. Towson had a... No! The Naval Academy, you oh, idiots! Oh, Navy, okay. Yeah, that one... Strong local connection. Yeah, Navy. Strong. Navy. I said it. God, that was painful. That was painful. All right, two... You about next week, you said? What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could really use you on Mondays. Although it's fairness, my cousin's son's been coming with us and like never knows anything. And then randomly last night there was a question about like a, a, what Egyptian god, and he was like, ah, it's a crocodile. And I like looked at him like, what? It was right. Yes. Nice. He knew it. It was very helpful. Very very helpful. Didn't we didn't get the final though? The final was uh, I don't remember something. Uh, whose work? Uh, uh, portrait of a peasant woman. Van Gogh. That's correct. Knew it. That was my guess, by the way. But I didn't know it. So, like, everybody's like, who do you think it is? And the first person was like, I bet it's Da Vinci. And I was like, I think it's Van Gogh. But just guessing. And that you was, guys went Van Gogh? It was Van Gogh. The, 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 the clue was apparently two years ago it was discovered that he had a self-portrait on the back of it. Huh. Never heard that. So, so quirky and talented him. Yeah, right. What a guy. What a guy. We also really... The disappointing part was uh, what were the top four most streamed Toby Keith songs on Spotify? Mm. We went one for four. We went one I don't for think four on that one. Red Solo Cup. No. That was one of it our was? guesses. Oh, okay. And it was not. Oh. It was incorrect. Darn. Yeah. We uh, we were really disappointed. I mean, like, I wrote out like 10 Toby Keith songs, which one, how did I know that many Toby <laughs> right. Keith songs? That was. Uh, Red Solo Cup might be the only one I can. I got that. We got the number one. Number one, it should have been a cowboy. Oh, yes. Got okay. that one. Uh, I think we went with How Do You Like Me Now was on our list. That's number five. Uh, we was the other one. We went with we Should Have Been a Cowboy. We went with Red Solo Cup. We went with How Do You Like Me Now. And I can't remember what the other one, one was. You just look up what they are. And well, I know. The other ones are Beer oh, for okay. My Horses, which was definitely uh, one we discussed. And uh, As Good As I Once Was, which we didn't discuss, oddly. Like, we didn't even bring that up. Oh, I Love This Bar was the other oh, one that we had yeah, on our okay. list. And that uh, did not make the top four. So that hurt, that hurt us. That round hurt us. Please, come on out and join us Monday night. What else do you with the Van Gogh one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, because you had didn't your know back. it either. You would have just been spitballing the same way no, I was. I, was, I don't I waffle. Had no, I don't I had, waffle. I had no conviction. I said Van Gogh, but I had no conviction. Well, that's, what, right. that's why we would have sure. gotten it, because I would have been sure. like, oh, yes. You would have yes. backed me up? Of course. There you go. Well, you would have backed me up, because yeah. I would have said it first. Tubular brought to you by Goose Flights. Goose Flights Lager available wherever, uh, not wherever, but where are lots of locations around town. Cans available at Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane. Also at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton. Cans available at all of the state's Glory Days Grill locations. Cans and six-packs at both Guilford Hall Brewery and Station North, as well as Casa Sin and Dundalk. Six-packs and cases at the Wine Source in Hamden. One ninety-eight from every can sold goes to the Goose Lights Foundation, the work they're doing to provide non-emergency medical transport for those in need. Find out more at pressboxonline.com slash gooseflights. Nothing. It stinks tonight. Cause basketball. Stinks. Big Ten hoops on Peacock, Michigan, Illinois at 7, Ohio State, Wisconsin at 9. Uh, Late night Mountain West, right? Uh, New Mexico, Nevada, that's what's getting you that's what's getting your gander today. That's at eleven o'clock Bingo. on CBS Sports Network. Oh yeah. It's it's weak. Take a nap and Monumental night. Avalanche Capitals at seven o'clock. TNT Thunder Magic seven thirty. King's Suns at ten. Maybe I'll spend some time with my sons this evening. Uh not my actual <laughs> sons. <laughs> no. 
They don't get me. As Griffin mentioned, Champions League this afternoon on Paramount Plus, RB Leipzig and Real Madrid and uh, Copenhagen, Man City, both at three. USA Network tonight for WWE NXT at eight. Non-sports? Nope. Amy Schumer, Towson alum, Bill yeah. Fallon. Great. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Taylor Tomlinson has a comedy special on Netflix. If you're She's doing the uh, new show after on midnight, CBS yes. after midnight. I actually have seen some of her clips. She's funny. I like Oh, her. Kenny the Jet uh, will be on Kimmel. Why would anybody care about that? Uh, Iron Claw jet? goes to video on demand today. Maybe I'll... Oh, really? I need to. Okay. It's just... It slipped me. Yeah, do, do that. Me. I would do That's that. That's what it is. All right, thanks today... Right now, actually. Can we watch it now? <laughs> no. Thanks to uh, Matt Swope. Thanks also to Patrick Stevens, Wes Brown. We'll get it up in the Greatest Hits section of the... Oh, my God. It's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Tomorrow... Uh, Tony Pauline will... Uh, we'll do our first NFL draft yes. segment of the year with our buddy Tony Pauline. Paul Rabel's going to check in tomorrow. Uh, they've got the uh, the big event coming up down in D.C. and Talk about what's wrong with this country, I think. Oh, is Drew coming in? Yeah. Unless, I mean, I guess we can arrange it for... i got to see a lot of not. Drew over the course of next week. That's right. Great. Great. All right. Thanks, everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Hey, we got a lot of uh, feedback. Oh, and uh, Glory Days Grill. Got a lot of feedback about Ken Burns yesterday. That was fun for me, too. Thank you all for uh, – that was that was neat. That was really neat. I, I greatly enjoyed that. So thank you for uh, the feedback that you gave me about that. Good job, you're as well. I was – I enjoyed it as well. I was brilliant, obviously. I, <laughs> so I was, was I. I was incredible. I had, well, to, make sure, I had to make sure – well, I had to make sure that we could hear him. Uh, you know what? That's a good point. Couldn't have done it without you. Well, could have, but wouldn't have wanted to. So, you're welcome. Got that going. Yeah, you're welcome. I get it. Got that going. I was about to uh, give you credit for booking him. I was like, no, I booked him. You don't get anything. All right. Uh, have a uh, follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass, and uh, have a great Tuesday night. Go nobody. Duke sucks. <laughs>